I've always said, listen, college football is king of the world. The college football season is getting underway this week. Players are returning to the field for what they hope will be a more normal year after a COVID-plagued 2020 season. But there is another difference for student-athletes this year. As John Yang reports, it has to do with their financial opportunities off the field. On the football field, De'Ara King has a high profile and a big name. It's a big responsibility being a starting quarterback at the University of Miami, right? Um, so just me trying to do everything right. But until this year, King, a potential Heisman Trophy candidate, couldn't earn a penny from his fame. We couldn't make money off anything. I couldn't go to a local restaurant and get a free meal, but a regular student, they can go you know, make a TikTok and get famous off of it and make a lot of money. We couldn't do that. That all changed this summer when the NCAA, under pressure from new laws and court rulings, rewrote its policies to allow college athletes to sign paid endorsement deals. Now King is a leader in the new field of college athletes profiting from their names, images, and likenesses, what's called NIL. I think it was you know, a long time coming. When I first got in college, I never thought that I would see this day. You know, I, I know people talked about it a lot and this and that, but I never thought it would actually come to you know, come true. The day the new rule went into effect, King signed a $20,000 deal with a moving company and a car dealership. He's partnered with a sports memorabilia company and become the first college athlete to sign a sponsorship deal with a pro sports team, the NHL's Florida Panthers. He'll appear at games and have a concession stand meal named for him. He's also co-founded Dreamfield to help athletes connect with NIL opportunities and navigate this new landscape. College football, is, college athletics in general, is, is so much money going through it. And I know people want to say, like, you guys get free education, you get a full-ride scholarship, and we understand that. But for us to make money, I think it just makes sense. It's no other industry in the world, you know, make money for what you do. Being an athlete in a major sport at a major university is more than just a few months of competition. It's a full-time, year-round job. Training, conditioning, practicing, all on top of being a full-time college student. The pressure on the NCAA has been building for years. In 2014, a federal judge ruled that NCAA policies against name, image, and likeness violated antitrust laws. In 2019, California enacted the first legislation giving athletes NIL rights. NCAA President Mark Emmert called it an existential threat to the collegiate model. But more than 20 states followed California's lead, forcing the NCAA's hand. The rule change took effect July 1st. This year, money spent on NIL deals could be above a billion dollars. Dan Matheson directs the University of Iowa's Sports and Recreation Management Program. He's a former NCAA Associate Director of Enforcement. So many of these student-athletes are not going to go on to lucrative professional playing careers. They're at the height of their fame, and capitalizing on their NIL rights gives them a chance to uh, pay for current expenses, but also potentially build themselves a nest egg for uh, when they get out of school and are, are starting out as young professionals. And more than just big-name football and basketball players are poised to benefit. Any student-athlete who is able to develop a following, a brand on social media, is, has the potential to generate revenue for themselves. They run the slide. Blocked! 
Lexi Sun doing it all. Has University of Nebraska volleyball player Lexi Sun's more than 75,000 Instagram followers put her in a good position to take advantage of NIL. She partnered with a volleyball apparel company to launch a clothing brand. Her Sunny Crew sweatshirts sold out in days. Sun, who also signed a deal with a Nebraska-based jewelry company, is in a master's program for advertising. She says NIL is about more than just money. I'm just able to have these hands-on and real-life experiences and conversations with companies about negotiating deals and just having these business opportunities and getting this experience because as athletes, we're super busy and don't always get the opportunity to have a job before we end our sport. And so I think just being able to get this experience is going to be something that I'm going to take away from it and continue to learn from. The limits of the new rules are already being tested. A Utah-based protein bar maker offered deals to all 123 Brigham Young University football players. For players not on scholarship, the payment would be the equivalent of a year's tuition. The NCAA says it's up to Congress to sort it all out. We are urging Congress to pass legislation creating a single national NIL standard that would ensure that NIL payments are not a proxy for pay for play, that a national recruiting environment for college sports is maintained, and that students are not employees of their universities or their colleges. The NCAA is at a crossroads right now. Dan Matheson of the University of Iowa points to other challenges ahead for college sports. There are questions about what is the NCAA needed for and how does it uh, need to look different for the next generation. The amateurism issues that are the center of, of discussion now have opened up a, a much broader evaluation of exactly what shape is the NCA going to take going forward. Lexi Sun and De'Ara King say they're used to balancing busy schedules, so the new opportunities of NIL won't distract them from either the classroom or competition. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm John Yang. Video on or video off? You know, as more companies put off their plans to welcome or force employees back to the office, what's the best way to fight virtual meeting fatigue? Maybe give them the option to keep the camera off. Teachers are already familiar with lots of kids attending school remotely, keeping their cameras off, for better or for worse. And a new experiment documented in the Journal of Applied Psychology aims to make sense of how the camera impacts the quality of the individual and group experiences via Zoom and other such apps. With me now are two of the authors of this study, Allison Gabriel, Professor of Management and Organizations and University Distinguished Scholar at the University of Arizona's Eller College of Management, and Kristen Shockley, Associate Professor of Psychology at the University of Georgia. Professor Gabriel, Professor Shockley, thank you both so much for being with us. Welcome to WNYC. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, and this is really exciting. Professor Gabriel, can you describe in simple terms what the experiment looked like for participants? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we were interested in was having people use the cameras some days and not on others. And so we asked people on particular days of the study to keep their cameras on or off. And then we had them throughout the day rate their feelings of fatigue and then their engagement in the meetings and their level of voice. So how much they felt they were able to kind of speak up and convey their ideas. And what we found pretty compellingly was that on days of the study where people had the camera on, they were more likely to feel fatigue. And then that fatigue correlated with reduced engagement and reduced voice. So we often have ideas that, you know, when we're using the camera, that's promoting engagement. And our results are starting to suggest that actually the fatigue that people feel from using the camera could be undermining those efforts. Hmm, interesting. And it isn't the same for all people. I, I see that you predict uh, based on your findings that using a camera during virtual meetings will be more fatiguing for women and for newer members of the organization. Dr. Shockley, can you explain why that might be? Yeah, so we, we hypothesized exactly that, and we did find that. So um, the effects were exacerbated for women and newcomers. And our theory behind this was related to ideas of self-presentation. Um, so all those of us have, who have been on Zoom calls, we know, you know you're you're kind of focused on yourself when you see your image up there. Even if you do the hide self view, you're constantly thinking about people watching you, right? So there's this heightened self-presentation effect that's occurring. And we know that the standards for women for appearance tend to be higher. Um, and also women are more likely statistically to have kind of kids running in in the background, distracting, and that might make them feel like people don't think they're as devoted as a worker. So that's the reason we expected and we speculate, found that it was worse for women. It's more fatiguing for them. And then for newcomers to the organization, we thought, you know, if you've recently started at the company and you don't have those established relationships with people, you sort of feel like this heightened sense of you have to be really on, you know, and then you're kind of best behavior looking engaged the entire time you're in the meeting. And so that's even more fatiguing. Jonna in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Jonna. Hi. Um, I wanted to call in to speak towards the presentation aspect of it. I'm a black woman, uh, and I find that in this time of Zoom, there are Zoom meetings called for all day that most of them could have very clearly have been emails. And I work in predominantly white institution spaces. And for me, getting ready often takes a lot of time. If there's a Zoom meeting called at 9 o'clock in the morning, I don't want to have to get up at 6 in order to, quote unquote, be presentable for my colleagues, which is why I often prefer to keep my camera off. And or if people are in spaces where maybe they're not of the same socioeconomic background as many of your colleagues, they might not want that shown on camera to their work people. Mm -hmm. Who wants to dive in on that? Dr. Shockley, Dr. Gabriel? I can jump it. Yeah. I, so I, I think that's exactly it. I think, you know, so I'll be perfectly honest when the pandemic hit and we made this jump to virtual platforms. I was a new mom. We had our baby the day before the pandemic got declared. Um, and so I was in a position where when I made my return back to work, you know, I was having to juggle virtual meetings with a newborn. We didn't have a choice. And I think there have been kind of blanket assumptions made about people's workplaces and workspaces that they have available to them that everybody's going to be comfortable just, you know, zooming from a bedroom or uh, their apartment that maybe doesn't look as pristine as somebody else's. And I think this gets back to the earlier point we've had about communication. Um, you know, we're in this big rush to return to normal. Um, but what are we returning to, right? I, I hope we're returning to this kind of holistic understanding that 
we need to talk about what makes people comfortable, what lets them thrive at work. And maybe for me, that's using my camera and letting you see my messy background. Maybe for other people, that's using camera off uh, and being able to go on the walk during the call. Um, I'm just hoping we're kind of at this inflection point and you know, this is good research for us to continue doing uh, to help people really just thrive and work in a setting that really works for them as opposed to working against them. Jonna, anything to add? Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. I think for a lot of different people who how they show up to work, even when we weren't in person, was really, really or critically policed as almost made mm-hmm. worse over Zoom because of the assumption that it should, quote unquote, be easier because you're home. And oftentimes it's like, okay, well, if you're scheduling these things back to back, there are things I need to do like eating that, again, I don't want to do on <laughs> camera or maybe I didn't have time to do my hair and it's crazy. And I just don't want to be on self-view, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not participatory or listening. And I really agree with what you said, re-communication. And hopefully the person that you're reporting to or the people you're reporting to are okay with that. But definitely keeping the conversation open, that participation can look a lot of different ways. Those are the smooth sounds of multi-instrumentalist Nick Caprino of Van Nuys. He had the time to record this in July because he wasn't working. He had lost his job at a bar during the pandemic. Like millions of other Californians, Nick survived the last year on unemployment money from the state and an extra $300 a week from the federal government. That money gave him a financial cushion. And Nick spent much of the past year, like so many of us, rethinking what really mattered to him and what he wanted to do with his life. In his case, making music. The pandemic, he says... Gave me time to, like, really pick a place that I felt I would be able to, like, grow in and actually, like, a place that I chose to be. Not to just be like, I, I need this just to like survive kind of thing. That's that taking out that I need to survive out of the equation just makes a complete difference. But Nick's time to reflect is about to run out. On September 4th, he and 40,000 other Angelinos currently receiving benefits will lose the $300 per week they've had throughout the pandemic. Plus, any gig workers who recovered because of the COVID-19 emergency will be out in the cold, too. What's life going to be like for them and for our economy? Reporter Juliana Mayo has the story. Nick Caprino earned less income and unemployment benefits than he had working as a bartender. But the assistance money meant more to him than his full-time pay had because... For the first time... In my life, I got to hit pause on everything and sit down because usually like when you're constantly just in that everyday grind, you don't really have time to think like, do I want to do this? Like, what do I want to do? That extra money and the time off work gave lots of Angelinos a new perspective. And now many people don't want to return to just any job. There have been many stories in the news about how hard it is for employers to find people to hire. The struggle to get an Uber, to check into a hotel, to find a restaurant that's actually open on a Tuesday night, that's all real. Why is that? Well, like Nick, a lot of workers had jobs they kind of hated. Plus, public-facing jobs carry risk. They were the first and hardest hit when the pandemic began. So now, some folks are choosing to pivot rather than sink back into subsistence jobs. 
This is probably where I should tell you that I'm one of those 40,000 people on unemployment in L.A. I used the time during the pandemic to switch industries, from fashion to audio storytelling. The extra money gave me a chance to freelance and produce stories like this without worrying about having to take a low-pay, full-time job just to get by. Other people on unemployment use the extra money for education, seeing that as a pathway to a better job, like Mike. I mean, I see it as kind of like a mini GI Bill. You know, it's it's an opportunity. Mike was a server in a high-end restaurant when the pandemic hit. He lives in Silver Lake, and we're using his first name only because he's worried about repercussions on the unemployment benefits he's still getting. He used his funds to go back to school to study Ayurvedic medicine. If everybody was supposed to stay home, you were given a stipend to stay home, and it's up to you to to spin that how you see fit. And for me, it was a great opportunity and a very rare opportunity to invest in education and invest in my future. For others, the extension of federal benefits wasn't so much a chance to invest in oneself. It was the only money coming in. You might not know that anyone who freelances or owns a business usually can't get unemployment benefits. But during the pandemic, the federal government did make benefits available to them. Until next week. Emily in Reseda, also first name only because she's concerned talking to us could jeopardize her unemployment benefits, owns an event planning company. She says that money allowed her and her husband and three kids to survive. Through the program, I was able to get on unemployment, and though it was a small amount, it definitely made a huge difference in uh, supporting our family. These days, as the unemployment is about to run out, Emily is focusing on a handful of clients who booked events when things were looking a bit sunnier. And that's that, you know, like we work hard too. Gig workers, self-employed, 1099 workers, like we work just as hard and we pay a lot in taxes and at this point we're cut off. While individual gig workers worry about the end of federal money, Chris Thornburg, an economist with Beacon Economics, says in the big picture, the federal government provided too much. He says the funds will lead to generations of taxpayer debt and a labor shortage. He believes there are jobs out there for everyone. Today, you have over 9 million job openings in the United States. The vast majority of of business out there, their biggest problem is getting people to do the jobs that need to be done. I asked him about people like Emily, who works in event planning, an industry with no return in sight. He had some tough love thoughts on that. People have opportunities, and yeah, it may mean, again, oh, I want to be an event planner. Well, okay, and I want to be able to fly, but, you know, we we all have to... We all have to operate within the certain realistic boundaries of the world around us. And yeah, you may have to go out and find some other job in the meantime. While there may be jobs, for Nick and Emily, the problem is the pay. Nick is back behind the bar now, but he got job offers for $25,000 less a year than what he had been earning pre-pandemic. Emily has been caring for her three kids full-time since her husband went back to work. She says getting a job isn't that simple. I have to pay someone $20 an hour to watch my toddler, no matter what I do. So, no, I can't just take any job. I have to be making at least double that to justify me being outside of the house and having someone here to watch my youngest, who's too young for, you know, preschool. I have to take a job that is reasonable for my family and my 
expertise level so that it pays an amount that's reasonable for, for to justify me going back to work. One of the things that unemployment doesn't do well is when there is a change in economic um, factors on whole industries. So we saw this during the recession with construction workers, because these are highly trained individuals. Daniela Urban is the executive director at the Center for Workers' Rights, a Sacramento nonprofit that advocates for low-wage workers. They have very specific skills. They were paid based on those skills and long-time experience. And so how could you ask someone who's been an electrician for 40 years but is unable to get that work to um, take a job in some other industry in the short term? That is a hard ask, especially if the worker hasn't already spent their time trying to transition on their own. Mike the former restaurant server turned full-time student, says even without the extra funds, he's staying in school. No, not a chance. It was always a a difficult and stressful job. And now it's just double. You know, I just can't imagine that being in one of those kitchens where it's 150 degrees and you're wearing a mask and uh, running around on the floor dealing with people uh, with the mask on and you have uh, a chance to get ill. So it's just, uh, it's things have changed. Things have totally changed and I've also changed as well. With federal money running out on September 4th, we can expect many other people's lives to change too. I was scared I would be one of them when I started reporting this story. But this week, after six months of freelancing and applying for dozens of positions, I got a full-time job offer. A good full-time job offer right at the buzzer. Here's hoping many of the 40,000 other Angelinos facing an end to federal benefits will also be so lucky. For KCRW, I'm Juliana Mayo. The city of Los Angeles has adopted a vaccine mandate for all city employees. LAUSD has a vaccine mandate for its staff. And at UC campuses, students and staff are required to have proof of vaccination. Many private businesses have already instituted their own mandates. But there are ways to opt out of vaccine mandates, sometimes for medical reasons, other times for, quote, sincerely held religious beliefs, also known as religious exemptions. So what qualifies as a sincerely held religious belief, and how can someone prove that they have one? To answer these questions, Dorit Rice joins us. She's a professor at the UC Hastings College of Law, where she studies vaccines and the law. Professor, welcome. Thank you. Well, let's get to these four words, sincerely held religious belief. Uh, they seem to be key to these exemptions. Are there certain religions that qualify for that or no? The, the focus shouldn't be on uh, is there a religion that qualifies for this because the way this exemption is applied, uh, we're not looking at does someone belong to a religion that holds certain views. We're asking does the individual have a sincere religious objection to the vaccine and as you're suggesting, there's two parts to that. One is the belief religious, and two is it sincere, and both of them raise issues. How do you prove that you hold a sincerely held religious ideal that stops you from getting a vaccine? It's really tricky, and in a very real sense, the burden is on the 
whoever is asking for the mandate to disprove that you have a sincere religious belief. And there's a lot of things they can't do. For example, they can't say, we'll only give you the religious exemption if you give us a letter from the clergy. Because the question is not, do you belong to a religious branch that objects to the vaccine, but whether you believe. So it can't be conditioned on a letter from your clergy. You also can say, well, you're a Jew and we know that most Jews support vaccines, so you're probably lying because it's not about do you belong to a religion that opposes vaccine. We're not enforcing the rules of your religion on you. We're just assessing your sincerity. The best uh, those that are asking for the exemption can do is ask someone to spell out their beliefs. And if they see anything suspicious, uh, request more information or even ask the person in and question them. And if they reject it, uh, they should be willing to defend in court why they think the the claim was insincere. And it's tricky. Hmm. Yeah, it would seem so because I couldn't imagine. I'm, I'm a worker, an employee. I go to my boss. I go to the human resources office and say, hey, I, 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 I sincerely believe because of religious or spiritual reasons that I shouldn't get a COVID vaccine. How does that person who I'm talking to, who represents my employer or the company, I mean, how do they possibly reach a conclusion about what I believe in my heart of hearts or my soul? As you point out, it's really hard. There are some things that may raise question marks. So for example, uh, there are online forms created by anti-vaccine groups. If someone is submitting one of those forms, that can raise questions because why do you need to reach out for a form if it's really sincere? Uh, there can also come up question if if you're asked to explain your belief and you write that the vaccines are dangerous and your body is your temple and uh, you don't want to take something dangerous because that suggests the issue is not religion but is indeed your belief about the safety of vaccines. But outside from that, uh, it's really hard to police. And in fact, uh, in the in Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, when it gives guidance, suggests that there should be a presumption that the person is sincere. Uh, what complicates this even more is not only is it hard to disprove sincerity, but there are groups and people that are out there telling people how to game this. So there are several anti-vaccine activists that hold workshops on how do you write a religious exemption that will be accepted, complete with suggesting biblical verses that people can use. And there, there are attorneys that are willing to support and help people submit those exemptions, which leads us to a position where... Uh, not only can we expect widespread abuse, because from surveys and other information, we know that most people who don't vaccinate do it because of concerns uh, about the vaccines and not religion. And not only does the religious exemption encourage people to lie about why they're opposing the vaccine, painted as religion instead of the real safety concern, but it rewards more sophisticated liars or those that know where to turn for help. Hmm. Is it required by law for companies or local governments to offer a religious exemption? Potentially. The reason I'm a little bit hedging here is that it's not quite clear. There are two sources for this. First, under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, employers can't discriminate based on religious uh, belief. That's been interpreted to mean that employers should accommodate workers who have sincere religious objection to workplace rule, but only if it's no more than an undue burden. An undue burden here is a pretty low bar. It means no more than minimal cost. 
So you could say the risk of a COVID outbreak is more than minimal cost or having to enforce the testing program is more than minimal cost. But most employers aren't willing to take that risk and do offer a religious exemption, which raises the question of application. For government, there's another source of requirement. And the question is, does the First Amendment, which protects free exercise of religion, require religious exemptions? The previous Supreme Court jurisprudence said that if you're enforcing a general rule that's not targeting religion, you don't have to give a religious exemption. But the current Supreme Court has suggested that it may move away from that. It hasn't moved away from that yet, but it indicated it wants to protect religious freedom more than in the past, and it may uh, eventually require a religious exemption from a vaccine. So there's some uncertainty there. And should it matter, or is it the case that, you know, hey, listen, you have a religious exemption to to treatment X, Y, or Z, if it just affects you, right? Your, 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 your own health. But when, when it involves a virus, it of course affects the health of many, potentially many, many, many people around you. Has that come up as as a, as a challenge to religious exemptions in the past? Yes. For example, in uh, when there was a challenge to religious exemption uh, from an influenza vaccine, the court said that requiring a hospital to allow someone to come into the hospital unvaccinated puts others at risk of flu, and that's an undue burden under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So the risk to others is one of the things the courts will consider in assessing whether you have to give the exemption at all. It it will be directly relevant. How How effective it will be at preventing you from having to give an exemption depends on whether you have other good options. So if courts think that testing and masking is a good enough substitute to vaccinating, maybe they'll still require a religious exemption with testing and masking. And and just finally, do you think a a lot of, we're just going to see more than we already have seen, just a lot of litigation come out of this and a lot of courtroom fights come out of this across California and across the country? I expect we'll see a lot of litigation. We are already seeing some cases and uh, from history, uh, influenza mandates were challenging the court under exactly this heading of uh, not giving religious exemptions. And I expect it will be larger, not smaller, with um, COVID-19 mandates. For example, there's already a case against the governor of Maine who uh, is requiring some employees to get vaccinated without a religious exemption. And it will be worth keeping an eye on that case and seeing what happens with it as it goes through the court. All right. That is Professor Dorit Rice, professor at the University of California, Hastings College of Law. Thank you so much, Professor. Thank you. The U.S. Postal Service has been cheating mail carriers out of their pay for years. That's according to a new investigative report by the Center for Public Integrity. Arbitrators who have looked into these complaints have called the wage theft heinous, egregious, and systemic. Alexia Fernandez-Campbell reported this story. Welcome to All Things Considered. Thanks for having me. So you report that hundreds of post office managers across the country have been caught changing mail carriers' time cards to show them working fewer hours. This has been going on for years, and these were not isolated incidents or small amounts of money. What more did you learn? So I was really struck by how widespread it was because it wasn't just a couple of post offices. It was dozens of post offices. 
and I was just looking at one slice of records that I had gotten from a source at the a postal service. So I know that it's even more widespread than that. And, you know, the supervisors who were engaging in this weren't being punished. They were given warnings. And that was what really frustrated a lot of the ma- mail carriers I spoke with. Why? Why is this so widespread and allowed to continue even when somebody calls attention to it? Yeah, I had that same question. And I asked the mail carriers that I spoke to, I was like, well, why are they doing this? I mean, I don't think the supervisors are keeping the money for themselves, right? I mean, that's not what's happening. They're like, no, it's because they're under a lot of pressure to keep overtime costs down because, you know, the Postal Service is having a lot of financial problems. But another thing they said to me that I thought was super interesting was that they said their bosses... um, pay raises or annual pay raises are tied to whether or not they keep overtime costs down. So that creates an incentive Mm. for them to, I guess, to pay workers as little as possible. Now, the USPS would not confirm that with the pay raises, but that's something that lawyers for the employees and the employees themselves told me is is happening. You talked to a lot of mail carriers for the story. Is there one whose story uh, will stick with you? Uh, yeah, so I spoke with a woman named Nancy Campos. Uh, she was, works in Midland, Texas. She was so frustrated because she'd been there for years, and every time she checked her pay stub, there were hours missing, and then she would file a grievance with the union, and, and the post office would say, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you back, and they just wouldn't. So and a lot of postal workers I spoke to didn't want to give me their names. I mean, I knew their names, but they didn't want me to publish them because they're so afraid of you know, losing their jobs because of this. And she was just so frustrated that she's like, you can use my name. And she told you that despite that frustration, despite losing thousands of dollars and having this happen again and again, she still plans to stay at her job. How common is that feeling? Nancy isn't 59 years old and she's like loading up like hundreds of Amazon packages every day. And like, you know, these Amazon packages, some of them are huge. Um, and she's not getting paid for all her hours. It's like, well, why, why are you still there? She's like, I'm 59. This is what I know how to do. No one's going to hire me. And other people I spoke to are also telling me, they're like, yeah, I don't want to lose this job because, you know, I have health insurance. The pay isn't great, but it's, it's higher than minimum, minimum wage. It's, you know, it's a stable job. It's really hard to actually to lose your job. So you're not going to like get a surprise layoff. That's definitely not going to happen. Um, so it's, I think the stability of the job is why people continue there, but also just, you know, there's just this frustration that like, it's, it's, this is never going to stop. You know, working as a mail carrier is a job that traditionally has been a path to the middle class. And many people who hold these jobs come from racial backgrounds that have experienced systemic discrimination throughout U.S. history. Do you think that is relevant to our understanding of this story? You know, especially for Black Americans, yeah, working at the post office was a way to get around, like, the discrimination, or at least the the amount of discrimination in the private sector. It's not like USPS has no discrimination, but, you know, they're, they're, it's a different process for, like, getting raises. Everything's different. The pay is more, you know, there's going to be more pay floors and that sort of thing. We do know that uh, Black workers are overrepresented in the postal service. People's wages and income are being suppressed to some extent, so um, they could be progressing even farther, moving along, um, you know, growing their incomes, and they're just not because they can't, you know, their, their hours are being cut. That's Alexia Fernandez-Campbell, senior reporter for the Center for Public Integrity. Thank you for your reporting. Thank you so much. Wage theft is a hashtag for every program that we do, neutralizing workplace racism. They have different hashtags, uh, sometimes neutralizing workplace racism, labor, economics, counter-racism, Gusty Renegade. Some of the common hashtags wage theft policy and procedure is another one. 
wage theft is always a hashtag even if it doesn't come up directly in the broadcast wage theft is always there gusty renegade context of white supremacy did you hear that uh, buckets of words racial backgrounds who've experienced discrimination what I was going to try and see if we could have a program title with that, but I have no idea what that would be. Uh, I guess the context of racial discrimination. Neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, this broadcast specifically to share information to help non-white people solve problems in the workplace without creating new problems. Uh, this is not for spectators uh, we have non-white people anywhere in the known universe if you figured out some strategies tips that would be helpful for non-white people to hey you don't have to deal with missing vacation wage theft making sure that your compensation is accurate so you don't have to have an audit every other month if you need time off child care issues whatever it is it's there boom stability pension you get rave reviews every time if you figured out how to get to that sort of space of homeostasis in your workplace you're not being molested and harassed and police that language was used early on let us know how you did it you figured out they have zoom meetings hey i turn my camera off i go for a stroll in the park on the zoom meeting and nobody fusses at me let us know how you did it got that you were able to get a work from home option that you didn't have before let us know what words you use the number is 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, my opinion it has been revolutionary. And when I say revelate, that is a word I despise. So I'm going to be specific about how I'm using it. Revolutionary meaning extraordinary change. I'm not saying improvement. Tony Morrison change without necessarily improvement. Uh, just change. Radical shifts. Working from home for people who had never done that before. Now that's every day, anytime you like. Uh, just extraordinary shifts. Uh, are we going to have to get the vaccine? Are we going to have to distance? Do I have to figure out the religious exemption? It's just been an amazing period of time in the workplace. Uh, let us know. Uh, I feel like there should be lots of folks with things to report changes on the job. Uh, just the whole COVID situation alone is revolutionary. And then uh, everything connected to that as well. Uh, just uh, I feel like we all get to learn lots when folks are sharing about what's happening in their workplace. So definitely do not be a spectator. I'm very, very sure unless unless we have some folks who actually can truthfully say, hey, my work environment has not changed one iota in the last 18 months. Nothing. We're doing exactly what we were doing then potluck dinners, bringing in donuts, kicking it tough like nothing has changed. We're doing things exactly the way we were when Kobe Bryant was still here with us. Now, if that is the case, 
wow, that would be a unique environment as well. Uh, you should call in to share. But I don't think too many people can truthfully say that their work environment has remained that static. Anywho, let's see. Some of the reports that we heard. The very first one uh, they talked about, not related to COVID-19, actually, the uh, image and likeness, uh, name, image and likeness for the college athletes. Man, I suspect there are lots of white people who are furious. Uh, I know Alabama, they didn't uh, have representatives from the University of Alabama in that segment. But wow, Nick Saban, white man who makes about $10 million per year. Uh, to coach the ball team. He said that they have, I think, a freshman black quarterback. And he said, this fella has signed a million dollar contract. Now, he's still nine million short of Nick Saban, but, you know, he signed a million dollar contract and he hasn't played one down of football. You could tell he was not, you know, like, this is awesome. This is generational change. And this is exactly the type of thing that we have in mind for sharing and being more equitable. But that was not how Nick Saban sounded at all. Like, oh, I cannot believe this. The sky is falling type of a thing. I am sure there have got to be lots and lots and lots of white people who are. I mean, are you the way they fought tooth and nail? They didn't even want to see high school athletes going directly to the NFL and NBA for this exact reason cutting them a million dollar check and all that at 18 years old and now to get it at the collegiate level oh, you don't even have to go to the NFL and you could get it oh. the sky is falling this personally I followed it like woof so Mark Emmert is now the president of the NCAA the job that he had before that I don't think there's any other time where I would know hey the current president of the NCAA do you know what job they had before they took this position for Mark Emmert, I know he was the president of the University of Washington right here in Seattle, like for years. Uh, in fact, he, Bill Gates, they walked directly in front of me. And I mean, like directly in front of me. I could have totally like elbow smashed either one of them body slammed them with like right in front of my face. They were doing some sort of presentation uh, at the lecture hall in front of us. Mark Emmert, Bill Gates. And I think I, I would see Mark Emmert all the time uh, on the campus of the university of Washington doing this, doing that. Uh, I just fascinating. I guess that that is an upgrade to go be president of the NCAA and to be staunchly opposed to paying these black athletes, many of them, especially for football and basketball, staunchly opposed the entire way. In fact, he said, let me get his quote. He said, this represents an existential threat to NCAA athletics. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know the word existential, but I mean, in that context, like what? Paying, compensating the actual athletes who are out on the field or on the court participating in the ball games that people are coming to see. They're not coming to see you, Mark Emmerich. And for reals, they're not coming to see fencing. They're not coming to see wrestling. 
They're not coming to see ice hockey. They are coming to see, what is it? Cam Newton, Carmelo Anthony, Grant Hill, Lou Alcindor way back in uh, the UCLA days, Ed O'Bannon for UCLA. That's where this lawsuit started at, unless I'm in air. That's who they're coming to see. They're not coming to see uh, everybody I just said, in addition to all the other rowing men's crew. Not at all. Football. Nick Saban is not exactly known for having uh, exclusively white football teams down in Alabama. They haven't had that for decades, I don't think. Tui Tangavailoa. Can you imagine him playing there in 1960s? Come on. Anywho, Mark Everett. Uh, I hope they get as much money as they can and financial literacy at 18 like man if I even had a thought that I might play some college uh, athletics anything fencing jousting whatever it is badminton anything can we get financial literacy classes freshman high school like let's get that knocked down now when I, by the time I get to college like we I'm gonna have my portfolio I will be ready to invest let's get the money show me the money that's what he said. I've seen Jerry Maguire show me the money we're ready to roll freshman year we are putting it down they are not interested in seeing black people who are in college developing a nest egg are you serious you're not supposed to have a nest egg not even supposed to be at college really get some brain damage or what have you and then we can boot you out in three years or whatever when we're done with you and you can hobble around and have your little brain damage and sell some pizzas or what have you very sad very common uh, let's see so then they had the report on the zoom meetings right zoom fatigue they called it etiquette can you turn the camera off and what have you I am not sure. I know we do have some folks who uh, have participated in Zoom. They talked about uh, not having a background and other things that would address some of those issues. So they're not, you know, looking at who, what kind of, you know, furniture do you have? How many books do you have? What are you reading? How big is your TV? That sort of thing. Right. <clears throat> but in terms of all the etiquette aspect, can, is it okay to turn the camera off? I would just ask. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't leave anything to chance with all of that. If I'm a new employee, I probably wouldn't do it too much. Uh, but if you've been working there for, you know, some you, we got some people, you've been at this job for five years, 10 years, four years, whatever it is, you've been there long enough that you have a little bit of so-called seniority. People know that, okay, this is not shiftless Negro. She, he, gets his work done she gets her work done that sort of thing uh, but like hey, is it acceptable to turn the camera off I need to eat a sandwich or you know I'm dissipating I'm listening I'm actively engaged I just need to turn my camera off for a little bit uh, my eyes are a little fatigued. whatever it is you know say whatever you need to but just ask if they say no problem Again, I wouldn't make a habit like I wouldn't make this an every time thing. But if you just need some time to step away or eat a sandwich, whatever it is, just ask. That way, you know what the protocol is and maybe ask in advance. Like, let's get the protocol down for what is acceptable on Zoom. Do you have to have your camera on all the time and anything else just to get all the rules down now? And, you know, that way we'll know. And then ask if you need to. The. Caller. Uh, Jaina, I believe her name was, she dialed in and she was asking about her specific experience as a black female in a white 
dominated space. And she was saying that just what I just said, your space doesn't look as good as mine and all the rest of it. That's why you don't want to show, have something uh, blurring out the background, have the fake background, green space, whatever you want to do. Uh, and she was asking about that. They didn't address her being black female at all. They just took it to being a mom and, oh, well, I've got the child running through and all that. And I mean, that may be valid. I've seen a number of Zoom uh, meetings and videos where there was a father and a child still ran through and, you know, all that, whatever. Um, but the main point, no addressing at all. And it seemed almost some uh, discomfort with, oh, yes, this black way. We've even had people talk about different settings where black people have been attacked, Zoom bombed and or Black, the policing of black people where they were snickering and making comments and that sort of thing about a black person their presentation and all the rest of it no commentary to that at all and these are scholars people that sit around and study uh, this material uh, and in fact they went to the apartment looking dirty she didn't say anything about her space looking dirty she did say hey if socioeconomically because race soldiers have stolen everything if I don't have all the loot that you do and I feel, you know, oh man, is something, you know, deficient about me? Maybe I haven't got my act together. Nope. System of white supremacy racism. She did say something about that. I didn't hear that addressed at all. The religious exemptions. Pause right there. Does anybody know of like a group of black people, even non-white people who have a site set up for religious exemptions? We're anti-vaxxers and this is ridiculous and we want to help you. This is how you fill out the form successfully. These are the verses from the Bible to quote. Does that exist? Like, is it in red, black and green? If somebody knows, could you please pretty please you can shoot it to me on Twitter at until justice. You can post it on my Facebook page, email it to me. Does that exist? I would love to know. I would love to see and read what they have on their site. Uh, i suspect it could be a lot of white people that's who I've seen who've been out doing all of this protesting uh, against getting the vaccine um, but that's what I said about there have been so many changes uh, in the workplace uh, I guess one it would be checking to even see because sometimes I see they've offered uh, or they've mandated it's a vaccine and there is no religious exemption some areas have done that so I guess it's something that you have to see I didn't know, as it was explained in that report, that it's supposed to be a presumption of truthfulness. Like it's not supposed to be that you are skeptical and kind of poking and prodding to see if, you know, there's something uh, nefarious going on here. Maybe this is not a, a true religious belief that's happening here, that that's not supposed to be the attitude uh, unless there's, you know, a reason uh, in terms of what the person is saying. So. That's interesting, but I, I I heard they had the fake vaccine cards and all the rest. So I'm not surprised that this is an industry and, you know, white people have sites set up to help, uh, you know, if you don't want to do this vaccine. Um, the segment about rethinking, they were talking about the unemployment benefits are set to expire. I've seen a number of reports where they've shown different areas where those benefits expired already for some folks. And it did not change. They did not see an immediate uh, boost uh, in employment. Uh, and some people had said pretty resolutely 
they were not going to go back uh, to just any old job that they were going to use this time that they maybe also had squirreled away a nest egg so that they had bought a little time where they could think if they want to reevaluate how they're using their time and energy. That is one of the best things you can possibly do. The system of white supremacy keeps the vast, vast, vast majority of non-white people exactly as they said, just on the daily grind where you're not able to think, not even able to think about your life. That big question, what is my purpose for being in existence? He was talking about an existential threat. What, what is the meaning of my life? Why am I here? A black female, a black male. Why am I on a planet dominated by racism, white supremacy? What am I supposed to be doing with my time and energy under those circumstances? That should be a question that you sit around and think about a lot. You might need two years to sit around where you're not working and think and then do some more thinking. This system is totally opposed to that. Dr. Wells and she's talk about noise. Have she at the school next to her residence contributed to her uh, poor health? Maybe even her death. Some uh, theorized noise so you can't think brain computer can't work well have loud noise in the subway and the train and garbage trucks and traffic noise and then you got to go to work get you up so you have to work maybe three jobs you know you just work all day long and then you come home and maybe doze off for 30 minutes and you get them back to work you never get a chance to think just survive on the grind on the grind mr fuller had said that maybe take some of this time sit down as opposed to complaining about the shutdown and we can't go here can't go there a lot of which seem to be complaining about man we can't go drink and get involved in some debauchery I'm not saying everything but it was a whole lot of man we can't go drink Hmm. maybe use this time to sit sober or sit soberly and think what am I supposed to be doing with my time and energy? Maybe that leads to you going back to school, switching jobs, lots of different things. Anywho, uh, let's see. The wage theft man. We talk, at, That's a hashtag every program for a reason. Lots of creative ways. They were talking about the post office. We talked about it in other contexts, even other countries. The post office, my goodness, like for shame, uh, going and looting because we don't want to pay them overtime and then blame it on. We've got all our financial woes and oh, what are we going to do? We'll steal from these lowly postal workers. Totally disgraceful. There were I'll share both the comments. So I'll start with the positive. I appreciate it because there is a perspective that much of the maligning of the post office I think Donald Trump used to bash the post office uh, when he was president quite a bit much of that is because there is a perception that the post office has hired a lot of Negroes that that's been one avenue as they said in the report avenue for the so called middle class to maybe get a little bit few more nickels uh, for some black people particularly at times when uh, there was a lot more explicit white supremacy racism and might have been more difficulty for black people getting a job. The post office, federal employee, hey, go around and say you got a government job, work for the U.S. post office. This would be a group to target. We'll steal from these negras. 
And that was the one where we couldn't even say black people. The uh, person doing the interview, which I believe was Ari Shapiro. Yes, Ari Shapiro, suspected racist at NPR. Uh, he phrased it right. And I can I think I can even give the uh, the transcript. I'm going to say it exactly the way he said it in the uh, in the segment. Yes. Many people who hold these jobs come from racial backgrounds that have experienced systemic discrimination throughout U.S. history. Buckets and buckets of words. And in my opinion, that act of white supremacy, racism uh, and deliberate, in my opinion. um, You can't say black people. Is that who you're talking about in this segment? Non-white people. I don't even know what that means. Racial backgrounds that have experienced systemic discrimination throughout U.S. history. And the other end is how it ends. Racism, white supremacy is global. They might be non-white people who did, weren't even born in the U.S. They would still be from a so-called racial background that has experienced systemic discrimination. Buckets and buckets of words. Ari Shapiro NPR suspected race soldier Uh, document that's why we talked about that too document every time you get your paycheck look it over very closely they have apps that can help you track your hours so that you can log in log out you'll know the exact number of hours that you've worked each week and you can have a printout of that Uh, no I've talked about know the audit process that's maybe a question that you should ask if you are hired or you speak to human resources they have a training and just want clarification for everyone ask about the auditing process if there is a discrepancy uh, over hours worked or you're paid for a time period already know the process so that you can just go back and get a review but you already know what this process is going to entail and maybe even the first few steps to get things rolling if there is a problem with your paycheck for that period but this is very very common and it's the u.s post office i mean this could be affecting like thousands of black people non-white people disgraceful number again is 720-716-7300 the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate real quickly i didn't play a segment on this but the nfl they even in terms of how covid and everything else is changing the workplace they have all these punitive policies for unvaccinated nfl players this year if you're unvaccinated and they do some sort of test and it turns out that you have contracted the virus you have a much longer uh, quarantine period than if you contract the virus and you're vaccinated Uh, if the team if you if there's some sort of super spreader event and it's traced to someone who's unvaccinated the entire team they might have to forfeit a game and forfeit pay for all of the players like I've never heard of anything like that like players Uh, being punished by not being paid like the entire team missing out on a paycheck for that week, which could, I mean that now we could be talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on, you know, the caliber of the player, how much they make. But I mean, I've never heard of anything like that this week uh, there. The NFL season is about to start officially. I think next week sometime. Yeah. After Labor Day weekend and 
part of the criteria that's being used normally we will how fast is this person how strong is this person how experienced is this person you know how well do they know the offense is this person vaccinated they had coaches who were going around and admitting yes that's part of the criterion and just because of what i just said they got all these punitive policies like man if we got a whole lot of unvaccinated people and then they ding us like, oh, we could have to forfeit a game or give up all this money like you would be incentivized to be vaccinated one and or to have a team where most of your players are vaccinated. Lots of changes to the workplace. And I think they had a number of players who came out, even a number of white players who came out and publicly scoffed at all of this. Like, this is absurd. I'm not doing the vaccine. Fascinating times in the area of labor. Uh, the email address I forgot until justice at gmail.com. Until justice at gmail.com. If you have uh, commentary, questions, uh, counter racist suggestions to offer, uh, you can drop an email. We can keep uh, your content anonymous. That way you can share. Uh, or if you have a uh, situation and you would like us to address, you can email it in and that way you don't have to worry about people recognizing your voice and what have you and you can still participate until justice at gmail.com let's see we will get to the phone line 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND uh, folks are spectating for a minute. I'll nab one of our emails while folks get their thoughts together, hopefully. Uh, let's see. One person wrote in. Now, it has been challenging is not the correct word. It has been torturous, tumultuous, <laughs> like uh, the entire calendar year, uh, this summer especially, but the entire calendar year. Uh, I had this news report. Uh, I had downloaded the audio and everything, and I was all ready to include it for neutralizing workplace racism two weeks ago. Uh, That would have been the 19th, August 19th. Uh, I had computer trouble, and I had to actually mail my computer in for repairs. It's supposed to be uh, coming back to me literally today. Uh, So the audio file was on that other computer. So I went that Thursday. I was on the computer that I'm using right now. I was on and I'm looking like, hey, where's that file? I downloaded it. And then it finally clicked like, oh, it's on. Oh, 2021, I'm not going to make it. Uh, so I was frustrated, disgruntled. I didn't remember all the details, like the exact names and everything. So it's just like, forget it. I'll, you know, get it down. It's not like I have a shortage of uh reports on workplace racism and the like. Uh, so I didn't, you know, give too much more thought about it. Plus I was frustrated because I was like, man, I had already had the recording and everything. And so this week listener emails me that exact report. I was like, Oh man, yeah, this is the report. And since I didn't play it, then there's more information to it now since it's going on. So all's well that ends well. So, uh, thanks to Cal's listener for, uh, catching me up if i get my computer back today then i'll be able to compare and contrast and see exactly what information they shared two weeks ago versus the latest information that came out this week i'll only preface this report by saying we spent so much time caller in florida at the courthouse uh dr Kanban, myself i know lots of or i can at least say those three we have spoken consistently no social media if you're gonna use it it cannot be uh under your name 
You cannot be friends and homies uh, with the people that you work with. I submit, even if they're classified as non-white, you have no idea uh, if they're going to be white identified. Uh, all it takes, you're friends with one black person that you work with, and then they're friends with all the white people that work, and there you go. You do not need to be social media friends, pals with any of the people that work. If you work in a job where you do have to have that, this is a business social media account and it has to be used as such. That would mean you don't have vacation pictures. You don't have pictures of your family, your residence, nothing except business material. That's what would be on your social media page. If that were your code, you will never, if you abide by that rule, you will never end up in a situation like this. A high school principal in Colleyville says he was ordered to remove this photo of him embracing his wife from social media. Dr. James Whitfield has faced sharp criticism from some parents who are accusing him of teaching critical race theory. One of those parents also complained about the photo. Dr. Whitfield is only talking to NBC5. And here's our education reporter, Wayne Carter. It was supposed to be a celebration for Dr. James Whitfield and his family. Whitfield named principal of Colleyville Heritage Middle School two years ago. But before he could pop open the champagne, his boss called and asked him to check his email. So I kind of looked at my wife like, I don't know what... You know, what's going on? He looked online and immediately saw a photo he and his wife took on the beach, a photo shoot by a professional photographer on their anniversary. I look at the picture and then I look at the, the words above it. And it says, is this the Dr. Whitfield that we want leading our schools? And I showed my wife, who immediately, she begins to well up you know, with tears. What did that mean to you? I see a black man with a tattoo on his arm. There's the black man, the tattoo, but also my wife is white. Um, and I would like to believe that there was some universe where that wasn't why he sent that message. Whitfield, one of the first African-American principals in the district, has been accused online and in board meetings of promoting the belief that white people are inherently racist. It's something he and the district have denied. Stressed over the accusations, Whitfield said he couldn't shake the photo incident from his head. What did the school district say to you? They said to take, if you could take it down. And I asked, why? Like, what's wrong with the picture? What did and they say? It was, hey, we're just trying to avoid, you know, like any conflict. Grapevine Colleyville ISD said in a statement, some of the photos the district received contained poses that are questionable for an educator, especially a principal or administrator. It had nothing to do with race. We wanted to provide a smooth transition for Dr. Whitfield, which is why we advised him of the concern and made a request for the photos to be taken down. I think it's sweet. You know, he's a happily married man. It's him and his beautiful wife. They have a beautiful family. Parents from Colleyville Heritage learned of the photo incident in a social media post Whitfield made over the weekend. 
This mother supports Whitfield fully and says whether race or poses, there was no reason to censor him. And I chalk it up more to educators are just held to a different standard. Um, unfortunately, I, I think it is silly. Whitfield says he's humbled and regrets he held this in for so long. I wish I would have had the conviction to say, no, I'm not going to take it down. That's a picture of me and my wife um, kissing on the beach. There's no reason for me to take that photo down. A petition in support of Whitfield already has hundreds of signatures. Wayne Carter, NBC5. Context of white supremacy. Dr. Whitfield, a victim of white supremacy. Uh, incidentally, one question I definitely would ask, uh, what aspect of policy and procedure does this image violate? Get my pen out and ready to write that one down. Lots of schools do have social media policies, so it may be, you know, you can just add. That's why you can ask. Have the policy and procedure in front of you. Which uh, portion of policy and procedure does this image violate? Sometimes that alone can shut things down when, when it can't be. It seems like we're talking to you like you have violated a policy, but then we can't point to the policy that you violated like, eee, shut things down quickly. All of that said, whew, tragic arrangements, confusion. That aside, I think I've said pretty consistently, even if you're married, you're non-white, you're married to a non-white female, I wouldn't have those photographs posted around my office, workstation, vehicle, if you drive, none of the above, cubicle, none of the above. Said that consistently. You're not going to be social media homies with people that you work with, so they're not going to be rifling through all the images and pictures that you have online on social media because they don't have access to your account. If you do have a business social media account, you wouldn't have pictures of your family, friends, house, none of that information, children. That's not going to be on your business social media account. Those things are personal. This would solve a lot of these problems. Incidentally, I have no idea what critical race theory had to do with any of this. Post a black male posting a picture with his white female wife. What does that have to do with critical race theory? I need that. They would explain that one to me after they tell me which portion of policy and procedure this image violates. All of that notwithstanding, I'm pretty sure if this were a white man and, you know, he was on principle, my wife and I have an anniversary. It's on my private social media page or Facebook, whatever, Instagram, pick one. Uh, and some of the folks in work said, oh, okay. It's good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't imagine that. Oh, my God, what is going on? They had clothes on. I saw the picture. It's not like, you know, anything scandalous. Out on the beach, you know, professional photographer, they said, it'd be difficult for me to imagine. Now, I suspect if this had been a black male and a black female, 
that also could have been a problem. We're not trying to promote that either. I don't know if it would have been as much as this, but I could also see that being an issue uh, in this a white-dominated environment. If it was a black school, you know, who cares? Next roll. Um, but, yeah, either way, social media, super dangerous. You want to be very careful about all that. I would not be homies with people that you work with, even if they are victims of racism, non-white people. That can be dangerous, too. Number again is 720 716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. No spectating. Uh, por favor. Again, like I said, it's, uh, it is a bummer for so many things to be happening in the workplace in terms of uh, – COVID-19 alone and how much that's disrupting uh, and then people actually leaving the workplace and this is ridiculous and it seems like they're hurting for workers and all these other issues happening on the job uh, and to not to have more observations or, you know, even if it's not mistreatment, which thank goodness, certainly not uh, hoping for folks who are experiencing lots of racism, but at least being mindful. I hope people are, you know, not falling down on being observant to things that are happening in the workplace. Uh, even if you directly are not being mistreated, there are just so many things. Uh, be mindful of policy and procedure changes and the like as we proceed. Nab, one more uh, email from listeners while folks are getting their thoughts together. Let's see. The COVID-19, and now this is what this is about. That's why I said, like, it's... I just I find a hard time believing that, you know, folks are not experiencing or observing shifts, uh, even if it's not in policy per se, but in behavior amongst the people that you work with just around the Rona situation alone. One person wrote in, uh, female victim of racism, black female victim of racism. Uh, so they sent around an update regarding the COVID-19 protocols. Uh, and this is an academic, uh, academic setting, school setting. Uh, so the district has sent out further clarification regarding COVID quarantine and sick leave. COVID-19 questions and answers. I've been exposed to a positive case. Am I fully in and fully vaccinated and asymptomatic? Oh, wait a minute. Am I missing a portion? It looks like it might have cut off some. Looks like it cut off some. I guess it would be difficult to get all of it, but... The same, I've got a few people who've mailed me, like, updates to the policy and procedure. One of the first things that I've said is make sure you read it over. I'd maybe read it over two or three times. Uh, some of these are longer than others. This one is not too long. This one looks like it's maybe two pages or so. Most of the ones that I've seen are, like, they're less than ten pages, generally speaking. Uh, some of them are only two, three pages. Some of them have been, like, six pages or so. But read the whole thing. Uh, read it more than once. Uh, if you, like, print it out. Or I guess if you can look at it online or something once you get home, read it once you're rested. Like if you're coming home, you've worked a full shift or what have you. If you have offspring or other you know, things that you do, you might be a little stressed, might be a little tired, brain computer might be worn down from a long day. Look at it when you're fresh, maybe the next day, or maybe give it a second look. See if you have any questions. I would say at least there should be at least one question because many of these policies have been uh, vague, at least in one respect. Sometimes in many respects, they've been kind of vague about what's supposed to happen and 
you know, do they have punitive measures if you don't get vaccinated and that sort of thing? So make sure you read and then see, I should have some questions about this document. Not just, you know, to play games and things, but I mean, really, it cannot be that they have written a very unambiguous policy that explains everything in great detail. It's not confusing. A 10-year-old can read this and they'll know what to expect. Like, generally, that doesn't happen. So read it slowly and inspect for questions. Uh, let's see. I'm looking over. <laughs> this one seems to provide instructions on, like, if you test or if you, you know, are feeling bad or test positive or think you might have been in contact with someone, what you're supposed to do, uh, and this impacting if you get uh, uh, lead time, paid lead time uh, for COVID, COVID-related circumstances. That sort of policy, I would definitely read in advance uh, because there's been so much confusion uh, in some workplaces that's offered where you can get COVID-related leave time that's paid if you, you know, come in contact tracing. It turns out you were in proximity with someone or it's seeming like you might be positive yourself. You've got to wait and get your test results and all that. Sometimes you get the paid leave. Sometimes you don't. Try to see if you can get that information ahead of time as well. And even this, hopefully this is just something with me where mine is cut off. But, yeah, make sure you have, you know, the entire policy, aren't missing any, any aspect of what it is that you're going to need to make helpful decisions. Oh, I do have the whole thing. I don't know why I was being short. All right, so let me scroll back up. Let's see. Screen was being goofy. Let's try that again. I've been exposed to a positive case and fully vaccinated and asymptomatic. Do I need to quarantine? No. Now, see, I would, that's why I said I would read. Not like I read. Now, I just read the newspaper today. I posted it uh, that they said if you are fully vaccinated, you can transmit to someone else who is fully vaccinated. You can contract. They said that repeatedly. So, huh, that would give me pause. <laughs> like, you could, if I'm reading this right, you could, be, you could be vaccinated, exposed to someone who is positive. I don't have any symptoms. I don't need to quarantine. Okay. My child was exposed to a positive case at school or daycare. Am I entitled to CSS time? No, your child is considered a close contact to the positive case. You will not quarantine or test. Let's see. I have COVID symptoms and will test or have tested. Am I entitled to CSS time if my results are negative? Yes, you are entitled to CSS time for the days you were out or testing and awaiting results. That is not always the case. I've heard some workspaces where, nope, that's on you. And, you know, and I've even heard where they've you know, hounded the person daily. Did you get your results back? It'd be great if you come into work today. No? Okay, we'll call back in an hour. Like that sort of thing where they didn't even let the person chill and get themselves together. Uh, let's see. This is pretty detailed, uh, at least the one that I'm looking at. I'd be concerned if they have a policy that seems kind of like a short, like it's a paragraph or something, uh, where it leaves a lot of room for uh, discretion, doesn't have specifics. Ask lots of questions because then, you know, they can kind of treat each case uh, on a case-by-case basis, as they say. But either way, Ask lots of questions. Be sure your question gets answered. This might be one where it would be good to have the answer in writing, depending on what your question is, what the circumstances are. Let's see. 
Oh, wow. They say, if you think you have been exposed to COVID-19, have symptoms, are awaiting test results, or if you've tested positive for COVID-19, you must complete the online coronavirus notification form within five business days of the qualifying occurrence in order to be eligible for COVID-19 leave. You will not be eligible for this leave unless the form is completed within the period specified. Interesting. These are the type of things important just in terms of making sure if there's compensation, paid leave, I would not want to have this information late, uh, get this information as soon as possible because a lot of times it can be paperwork errors uh, where they delay compensating you or that'll be the rationale, as they said, you know, if it's not within a certain time period. So that's why really important, any updates to policy and procedure or their COVID-19 protocols, read that information, make sure you understand it, ask questions, then everything is just a review. Hopefully, you don't need to use that information at all. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Caller at 1159, now by the folks. As I see hands, 1159, did you have commentary? Should be with us. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am, we can hear you. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Gus. Um, Yeah, so I, I... Recently started a job. Um, I was unemployed for a while. Um, uh, well, I'm self-employed because I, I and I got this job to um, supplement my income that I make from my art. And so this is I tried to get into care work. And so I'm um, basically a nanny for three non-white children. I drive them to and from school, and I take care of one of them. Um, while she waits for her siblings and during the course of I just started it's it's just been a week and I'm I it's just uh I'm very concerned at the state of like non-white um children based on just what I've observed right now from the children that I've been working with um just the exposure to a lot of sexually explicit language. Um, a lot of the the youngest child is um, eight, and she consistently kind of talks about her body in a sexual way, and talks about things that she wants like other non-white males to do to her body. She also called herself gay at one point, and um, there's just been a, a lot of things where she consistently talks about, you know, hating being black, thinking that being black is equivalent of like being dirty and poor. And it's been hard to kind of, I guess, get through to her. But I just ask a lot of questions and try to understand why she thinks that the way that she does about herself and how she's exposed to a lot of this type of language and behavior. Um, and I've just been making a lot of observations that I'm going to inform the parents about, or attempted parents, once I kind of compile everything in a way that makes sense, because I don't want her to feel, I guess, hurt by it or feel like I'm betraying her, but I, I want her to be able to get like constructive advice from the attempted adults in her life. 
But overall, um, I've also have I also have a associate who substitute teaching, and she just started this week as well, and she's working with uh, seventh graders, mostly non-white. And she said that a majority of her class they cannot read, a majority of her class cannot finish like simple assignments. They're pretty much on their phone all throughout class and cheating on exams throughout class and the teachers just have completely given up, um, are not really invested in caring or helping. And it's been a real real struggle just to see the state of non-white children. Um, I've been going through a similar thing with like my own uh, offspring, just going to a school where, you know, they have iPads and Chromebooks and yet the teacher is not teaching. So they basically just tell the kids, hey, get on your iPads and they're on their iPads for the whole day. And then I have to come home from working and basically teach her everything so that she's able to do her homework. And so we often have to like be working on assignments for almost like, I would say like five hours, which is just really horrible. Um, And overall, I've just been pretty distraught thinking about area two education and just how non-white children are just being failed and sabotaged and being turned into failures. And I also wanted to add that the non-white child that I'm currently um, caring for, like babysitting for, this child, you know, I raced her at one point and she could not finish a race with me, you know, and I'm older. I'm not too old, but I'm not a good runner. And I, I see the state of these children in terms of what they eat. You know, she says she doesn't like the school lunch, so she brings her own lunch. And her lunch consists of like Oreo cookies, crackers, and I at least convinced her to bring a peach. So now she brings a piece of fruit with her one time. And during her break, she's constantly asking me to take her to Jack in the Box, to take her to McDonald's. And I found a Sprouts uh, grocery store nearby. So that's where we go now. And I just like get her like some fruit and take her to the park in the meantime. But it's just really unfortunate to see, you know, not only are their minds being poisoned in terms of not getting proper education, but they're also like their bodies are being poisoned because they're really not understanding the concept of like healthy eating. They just equate healthy eating with being skinny or fat. So um, it's only been a week, but I have a lot to report, but I'll keep it um, up to, like brief from there. So thank you. <clears throat> Well, that was inspiring. <laughs> Actually, it was inspiring. Her F, <laughs> but whew, it's uh, it's not a whole lot to brag about. I mean, A pluses for white people. Uh, is this Z's mom? Am I making things up? Is this Z's mom? Yes, this is Z's mom. Yes. Bravo, <laughs> bravo. Um, yeah, bravo. Um, man, the. My mind went in a bunch of uh, different directions. I was thinking about Dr. Welsing, but um, the little people that you um, that you drive for, you said you kind of just started doing this uh, for this non-white family. Uh, I guess you said that maybe I think the oldest one is eight. What are the ages for the, the other in this, this trio? So the youngest is eight and the oldest is 14. And then there's a middle one that's 11. But I spend the most time with the eight-year-old. 
I spend about like two hours with her before I pick up the other kids. I see. I see. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, mm. Mm. man, that is rough. Um, man, when you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring. Uh, that was like the beginning and end thought that I had with all of that for so many reasons. Um, man, when you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring. There's a reason Dr. Wellesley used to say that all the time, like every single time when she came on this broadcast and many other platforms. Uh, and she did her uh, Wellesley Institute lectures uh, at Howard University. She said that repeatedly uh, as a general and so- child psychiatrist. She worked with so many children uh, who had experienced all sort of trauma and said some of the exact same things that she was talking about hearing driving these children on wherever they're going to their appointments or wherever. Uh, and man, I don't want to be black. Black people are dirty. Blackness is dirty. Ugh. That is pretty common. Kenneth Clark in the doll study all the way back uh, 1954. They replicated in the 2000s. Same thing. No surprise. That is the system of white supremacy. Their brain computers, they can do the math very quickly. They see what it means to be black in this system. Uh, part of when you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring, getting a counter racism plan together to instill black self-respect as best you can, uh, to combat all of that brain trashing the phone, everything that she talked about. Dr. Wilson talked about all of that, all of that, uh, in the phones that she said, I said the television, that's a big part of that brain trashing and being in front of those screens with all that white supremacy programming. Dr. Wilson talked about that, uh, and, limiting the time that your child has with those screens and phones, especially the phones, because you talked about it specifically and having them looking at those really tiny screens so that they have a very minute view of the world and are just looking down, which is horrible for your posture, looking down at these really tiny screens all day, as opposed to looking up and being able to see the big, huge, vast universe just on this little screen looking at these white figures no doubt talked about that uh, specifically 2013 when she was on the program Uh, and then the food component like man that is uh, not that I'm ignorant I mean that was me everything that she said like I didn't grow up on the west coast I mean we didn't have sprouts and we didn't have jack in the box but what we had McDonald's like exactly what she said like I don't like what they have at school I'm going to take some Oreos and some cracker potato chips probably not cracker. I'm going to get some Oreos and some potato chips and some nonsense and then yes McDonald's yes cheeseburger and some fries and a heap of cholesterol and some food coloring and some poison I was confused because she used the word race I'm thinking you know race racism she said she couldn't beat me in a race I was like Race? You couldn't beat me in a way. Oh, you mean like a foot race? Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Couldn't beat me. But it's like, hmm, hmm. That right? That like Judith and Layson. I just mentioned that earlier this week. She did that book. You are what your grandparents ate. She talked about what you eat while the nine months while that child is in fetus has a huge impact. The quality of life, that child's health, their palate what they have a taste for if you eat a bunch of trash Oreo cookies and McDonald's while that child is in the womb 
they might have a hankering for that sort of trash for their entire life. Dr. Welsing talked about that really taking the production of black children seriously. Like that is disgraceful. Like to have a child that young and just feed them poison all day long and no physical activity and watching trash on television. The sex we talked about that we talked about that this week. I think Bay Area mom, she might be listening. We talked about almost everything that she said. She's in the Bay Area, California. How about that? We talked about everything that you just talked about. The sexualization that Dr. Welsing talked about that all the time. So much of the content uh, that's on these screens uh, and the music is absolute trash uh, and filth. So to sit around and have children just exposed to that. No. So how does an eight year old even know what it means to be gay? You don't even know how to spell peach yet. What do you mean that you're gay? A pluses racist man racist woman a pluses across the board like that's that's what i meant like wow that was inspiring being sarcastic like wow that is nothing to stand up and cheer about black and i'm proud like nothing bravo what was inspiring the food getting them the sprouts uh and hey let's put those crackers down maybe we don't need to go to mcdonald's let's go to sprouts Let's get some fresh fruit. Summertime, man. Retired firefighter just said that with the DCS program. You are in Florida. There is no way you cannot be pigging out on all kinds of fresh, uh, nutritious, juicy fruits and vegetables. We're in Florida. We're in California. How can we not be like going to the farmer's market? That's what I told retired firefighter. Going to the farmer's market, man. Like picking out fruits, fresh figs, peaches, cherries, watermelon, going to town it's summertime man it is devastating with the and that the long-term implications of all of that having someone eight years old super sexualized talking about they're gay and then they eat oreo cookies and jack-in-the-box all day long like wow what that looks like at 30 years old not universal woman about as far from universal woman as you can get people make changes but i mean wow that right there is how racist man racist woman can look at an eight-year-old and say, oh yeah jail oh yeah now i got college <laughs> we already know nothing constructed we only have to worry about neutralized already we got them inspiring work keep it up keep getting them the sprouts as best you can and hopefully maybe even i don't know how close you are with the parents but i mean wow if you can get the parents to uh discontinue some of the jack in the box and discontinue some of the oreo oreos my god like woof. i ate tons of them myself i was tubby i ate tons of them not you know i'm just saying that's horrible that's trash uh to eat horrible for your health uh but maybe get the parents to discontinue by i don't know maybe that's not in your job i'm not trying to you know you're already doing great work i'm just saying be great if the uh parents be like wow you are doing amazing work that is awesome we're not gonna keep buying all this trash we're gonna go to sprouts more and get more fruits like that's amazing they children are looking better and feeling better and have more energy and we even eat like hopefully that'll it'll catch on catch on that way but keep it up keep it up keep it up uh man say it one more time when you play around with sex the joke is on the offspring meal I've been saying academic plan academic plan 
meal plan, breastfeeding plan, lots of things to think about. Exercise plan, heard that in there as well. Lots of things to process before conceiving a black child. Even what are we eating? Are we talking about having a black child and we sit around and eat Jack in the Box and Oreo cookies all day long? We need to get our act together before we bring a black child in the world and mess them up and have them with all kinds of cavities and diabetes and high blood pressure and overweight. Nah, let's get our act together and then have this child. While we're getting our diet together, we can plan, make the academic plan and the exercise. We can do all the other things. Breastfeeding plan. Much obliged, man, folks that are working with children right now, anytime really, but especially right now, like, wow, that is commendable work, self-care for those folks as well. Uh, Let's see. Uh, The number again, 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND, press star 61 if you would like to participate that's part of your job I'll say that if you're an attempted counter racist parent you cannot eat garbage uh, I mean that read Judith Finlayson's book she taught that's the premise of the whole book like the things that you eat as a parent impact not just your child's quality of life your grandchildren's health and quality of life that would be a part of your job as an attempted parent I cannot eat trash if I'm eating things like what we just mentioned, cookies, tater chips, Jack in the Jack in the Box, McDonald's, uh, Whataburger, onion rings. That's normal for me to eat that type of nonsense. I don't remember the last time I had some fresh fruits and such. F, get your diet together. Cannot model that for a black child. Let's see. Uh aforementioned Bay Area Mom with us as well uh, and Irie uh, if y'all have commentary thoughts should be with oh my goodness Irie uh, thoughts and prayers uh, I was it's been stressful everybody has been super stressed uh, including Gus T I've said repeatedly this has been the most unsafe year of my life I botched we did signature work on Hurricane Katrina the levee failure in New Orleans uh, all throughout the cow's history, not just in one particular period. You'd have to go all throughout the, our time on the air. I totally neglected last week for the compensatory call-in to include, oh, man, like Hurricane Ida might hit and what's going to happen and all that. And she uh, filled in for my void uh, and mentioned that. I was aware I just didn't include audio uh, in the compensatory call-in. So we were able to talk about it and then do a whole program uh, about that on Monday after the storm hit. Uh, I think it's still approximately a million people uh, in New Orleans, in that area specifically, who do not have power. Many of them also do not have water, no timetable for when all that will be corrected and uh, just very uh, dangerous situation. Uh, Challenging is is putting it mildly for folks that are there. So definitely thoughts and prayers to folks in the uh, Louisiana area. I know uh, Irie, she told us she evacuated, thankfully, so she was not in the area when all that happened. However, she did say that she had friends and family, people that she cares about who are still in the area. So hopefully uh, they are safe and hopefully they have gotten uh, themselves out of that area because in a system of white supremacy to be in an area where there are literally hundreds of thousands of people, no water, no electricity, lots of armed white people. 
That is a dangerous environment. And if you don't understand the archives on Hurricane Katrina, that will catch you up. But much obliged to Irie in Louisiana. Hopefully you're safe. Folks that are uh, with us, Bay Area Mom, Irie, proceed. Hello, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. This is Irie, not in Louisiana currently, thankfully. Correct. Um, Hotep, uh, thanks for letting me talk tonight. Yeah, as far as I more detailed report tomorrow, but um, yeah, it's uh, there's been an advisement not to come back. Um, there should be power restored in um, my area by the 8th of September. Um, so I saw a list, and it's basically um, everything that's closer to, like, the downtown area or the places that have uh, experienced more gentrification, they're having their power restored um, primarily. Um I was very concerned for my family and friends, particularly um, an Army veteran um, operation in, what is it, Enduring Freedom uh, veteran. Uh, He did 12 years in the Army and just about the entire time he was in Afghanistan. So I was um, hurting for him because he lives with his 9-year-old grandmother and his older aunt, and they're, they're there. Um, they got stuck and um, they didn't. They don't have power. And I was uh, able to raise some funds with the help of the retired firefighter and um, the host of People Activity Radio um, and another uh, YouTuber, um, the real ISIS X, um, helped raise some funds to uh, help them get a generator um, since. We have a veteran with PTSD and a um, nine-year-old woman um, in a house with no lights, pot, et cetera. Um, but the issue now is, um, you know, as the saying goes, cash is king, and, and he expressed that. Um, I guess this is workplace racism in a way that there has been a spike in the price of generators because there's always opportunity with disasters. So, um with the uh, inability to access cash machines, otherwise known as ATMs, and um, the prices going up uh, exponentially, he's having a challenge with that. Um, But he still is going to uh, acquire one um, because he was able to get some other help besides what I was able to help with, and, and so was his aunt, I believe, was able to pull in some other funds yeah, for that and um, getting gasoline. Um, people have been driving to Mississippi, um, like middle of Mississippi, Hattiesburg, um, for gas. That's quite a uh, drive um, for anyone that's done that from Louisiana or from anywhere, I suppose, um, in the Gulf South. Um, but yeah, uh, I wanted. I was listening. I just joined in and. Um, wanted to speak on children eating uh, and as an instructor in school I witnessed uh, many times children coming to school hungry um, or children that were so like malnourished 
meaning that, like you said, they've been eating junk on top of junk. So I used to make it a point to um, teach sometimes. I would uh, teach how to read the nutrition facts on the back of packages, and we would also analyze some of the ingredients in on the list and for favorite snacks. And um, when the children found out about MSG and um, aspartame basically being neurotoxins, and, um, you know, they were able to deduce um, why they had certain behaviors. Um, like I've had uh, children say, oh, that's why I can't keep still, because they realized they had been exposed to something that basically excites their nerves to death. And I um, made it a practice to bring um, sliced apples and oranges for the children that didn't have um, breakfast that morning or anybody that expressed that they were hungry in the middle of the school day, and I never had a problem with it. I did realize as time went on that um, I could get in trouble for offering food, so after a while I stopped. Um, but for a while I did do that because it was all, always black children that were hungry in the middle of the day and hadn't eaten um, anything or didn't eat enough, um, and they just can't concentrate. And when you go to the middle schools and high schools, there are vending machines. The vending machines have the usual poisonous, um, you know, food in there. And it's really, um, yeah, it really is up to the parents to plan meals. Um, I have a vegan friend that plans and brings her lunch every day to her young daughter, um, you know, to school. Um so that way she can check on her daughter in school and also um, just bring it to her, you know, so it's not unsupervised, you know, somewhere and, you know, it's it's fresh and, you know, her daughter's super smart. Um, yeah, I, I, that's all I really want to say. Um, I did have a comment about something I had heard on workplace racism, but um, I can't think of it now. But, yeah, this is... Um, it's been a great time filler, uh, as usual, but right now listening to the archives and listening to being able to call in. So I'll mute my line for now. Thank you, Gus. And uh, Bay Area Mom, is, I think you said she was the one doing it. So, you know, as they would say in New York, big up and uh, keep up the great work. Much obliged, uh, Irie. Great work uh, helping out with the uh, generator uh, for a black veteran. Um, yeah, they have. I know they were. I've seen reports where they had a number of uh, New Orleanians who, you know, were just hunkering down and staying on their property and and just trying as best they could to clear debris and get water get gas I cannot even imagine having to drive to Mississippi to get gas although I certainly remember um, having traveled through Louisiana and those type of environments it can be very difficult uh, to get resources and all the rest of it like man uh, safety uh, that's what I was saying I would would hope folks could get out uh, to not have to be in that environment is just so unsafe for so many reasons, uh, principally white supremacy, racism, but 
many of it not having water is, you know, would be reason enough under normal circumstances. But uh, for the folks who, you know, have to be there, man, uh, safety, uh, just try to be alert. Now, that would be an environment. There would have to be all kinds of codification, uh, you know, to make sure that you have gas and phone is working. I know they were having phone difficulties and wow, it's just a lot to deal with. Um, more on that tomorrow. Compensatory call in. Um, in terms of the, the school component, that is, that's why I said it's A pluses because that is very widespread in terms of lots of black children who just eat really bad food uh, and then have all this hyper uh, sexualized content uh, and then are at school where they can't concentrate. Somehow they still end up learning that they are gay or could or might be gay. But then, you know, calculus and the rest of it, eh, <laughs> missed out on all that. Um, but being able to concentrate, having difficulty with concentration, either because you've not eaten or because you've been given all of this super poisoned food with all this food coloring and high fructose corn syrup and all the rest of these chemicals and poisons. Lots of reasons. Uh, and as she said, the vending machines in the high schools where they got the exact same thing as part of May and high fructose corn syrup and all they can't just be spring water. Wouldn't even have to have a vending machine for that. Spring water. I forgot to mention something real quick. Um, there was a young man in class that I was told um, when I was substituting, they were like, um, whenever this uh, boy wants to go to the bathroom, let him go. He doesn't need a pass because he has such severe digestive issues from the food he was eating that sometimes he would throw up spontaneously and sometimes he would even throw up, um, to put it lightly. And I was astounded because I had heard years ago, my mom told me when I was young, like, if you can't, you know, make a movement, it's going to come up some kind of way. But I never had met anyone that actually did that. And I just couldn't understand. I was like, so, like, is he going to the or like, what's going on? Is he going to get treated? They're like, oh, we don't get into that. So with certain things, it's, ooh, like, they just, is what it is. And, yeah, just wanted to throw that out. It's bad for the kids, really bad for the kids sometimes. Mm, mm, mm. When you play around with sex, the joke is on the offspring. And I would just add as well, like uh, I think uh, our previous caller, not Bay Area mom, she was talking about um, one of the children that she works with. She didn't like the cafeteria food, so she would bring her own food, which wasn't healthier per se, but whatever. Um, that is pretty common and just adding to that children a lot of times they are a lot more sensitive to chemicals and what have you that why people if you have children a lot of times you know they'll have like um, washing powder or shampoo that's made for babies and it'll be unscented uh, and it'll have uh, without all those fragrances and other chemicals in it because children can be very sensitive that is for sure the case with Booze. That's why children under 12, no COVID vaccine for them. They were talking about they wouldn't even know the correct dosage. It would seem like you certainly wouldn't give them a full adult dosage uh, of the vaccine. Their bodies are so sensitive. 
really that's something that should be thought about and we just kind of go willy-nilly and oh let's go to mcdonald's pick whatever you want from the menu and let them go run wild uh at, with the vending machine and all the rest of this and just eating these foods that just have lots of chemicals and addictive properties to them and very low nutrients like it just really can put them on uh a very destructive path in terms of their health and as you heard can have immediate consequences not just with concentration but I mean like right now health consequences uh, with all sorts of digestion issues and the like what you eat is super important especially if you're you know attempted parent trying to go in that direction um, that uh reminded me of young academic he spoke with us last week talked in great detail uh, about all of the terrorism uh, that he experienced in school and trying to pass this exam and being really dedicated to his craft and and just being deliberately sabotaged uh, as an attempted black male educator he shared throughout the years in addition to all this racism that he's experienced he shared like hey I've tried to have my students engaged and you know see if I could bring if I bake cookies or something I bring some in and share with the students and try to be covert about it he said the same thing like you can get in trouble for that like ooh wee <laughs> talk about getting fired like ooh wee let them find out that you saved some apple slices for your students like oh that is a paddling for the teacher I mean not the student <laughs> we do not allow that like I can totally get it they have protocols and what have you but again in a system of white supremacy where all kind I mean varsity blues the cheating scandal sharing apple slices let me fill out your college res or college application and lie about your credentials hmm hmm apple slices forgery and all the like yeah we'll persecute you for those apple slices we'll get around to they still haven't persecuted the white guy who was in charge of all that he still hasn't been sentenced out chilling <laughs> go go to school and give out some apple slices if you want to let's see uh other folks who dialed in bay area mom with us uh caller in florida other folks with a hand up line should be open can I be heard? Barry, your mom. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to everyone who's participating in the program. Um, I'm glad you're... I meant to say something last week to Ari. I'm, I'm glad you're safe and you, you made it um, made it to another um, state that's a bit safer than where you were, and I think that's cool that you were looking out for others as well while you're where you are. That That's pretty neat. Um, workplace racism. Oh, I feel some kind of way um, with the other caller. She, uh, she's the nanny. She's, she's a nanny or something similar to that, care provider for the children. Um a lot of children are like that. Um, a lot of parents think that's cute when our children are like that. Um, it's not. It's it's too bad. It's sad. And then it's like the eating unhealthy food. I'm even um, guilty of feeding my children unhealthy food, particularly my son. 
not an out, not in grade school, but I he's he's had a slew of McDonald's, a slew as being a um under undeveloped child. Two, three, four, five, four things. Blew him up. Um taking lunch is great. I think that all my children took lunch until high school. <laughs> My high school, they're like, hey, we're the only ones with lunch. Um, so, yeah, uh, my workplace racism. So I have uh, two children, four years old. One is in school. The little girl's in school. She's, uh didn't know what she would be classified. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, she has a white father and uh Japanese and mother from Spain, or no, Peru. Oh. Oh, I can't think. Yes, yeah, so she said mom, and mom says she's Spain from Spain. Uh, she, uh, I when I asked her what is she classified, how does she classify herself, she would say they would classify her as white. So, oh, a cocktail. Anyway, um, so the poor child, she's on the spectrum. They don't think it's severe. I do. The parents don't think it's severe. She's, I, she's severe. She's severe. She doesn't even need to be there without an an aid. She needs an aid. Um, she's in regular PK. No one else has special needs except for her. She's buzzing around class. They just, <laughs> they can't really do nothing with her. They just house her. So she's there for maybe an hour and a half versus the three hours. So she went to school. She's been there maybe a month. I'd like to say maybe a month. She's been in school. I don't know what she could be learning because you can't see because no one's allowed inside unless you work there. So she came back maybe last Wednesday, say Thursday, sick. Sick to me. Really knows all this stuff. So by Monday, it's Monday, grandma's at the door. Did I come in the door? Mom didn't cancel any session. Mom's not canceling school because mom wants, I don't know if she thinks that sending her to school, that's going to reverse the autism. I don't know what the mother thinks. Um, or she's going to get better. I don't know what the mother really thinks, but she sends her to school. So I get in on Monday. Grandma sounds like, oh, Grandma, is that you? Yeah. My God. Oh, you sick? Oh, everybody's sick. Whatever she had, she gave it to everybody in the house. The mom is sick, but not too sick to stay home with this baby and give her mom a break. She's not that. So she takes her butt to work. Mind you, the mom works at the school. She's our, let's call her a little lady behind the desk. She's one of the little ladies behind the desk. But she still works at the school. So she's going contaminated to work and sends her contagious baby to school via her mom. Mom sounds awful. Mom said her chest, she couldn't breathe, fever, couldn't sleep, coughing all night. This is grandma. This is grandma. So grandma, who cares, grandma? 
get it together. I need you to assist. You know the dad's not available for her. You need to be the mom and the dad and the grandma and you get in here and you help me with this baby. So grandma was sick on the couch, she told me over the weekend. And she would go lay down. Well, go lay down. Then she tried, go, won't you just lay down? Well, I can't lay down, deadbeat, because you're sitting here. I, your baby, I can't leave the baby unattended. Even though you're home, I can't leave the baby unattended because you don't look available. Oh, I'm not asleep. I, I'm, I'm just resting my eyelids. You can go lay down. Well, even if she does go lay down, the baby tends to follow because that's the, that's the, her, that's the caregiver. The uh, prominent caregiver is grandma because grandma's there the, the most. And grandpa, who lives in another city, but he still assists. So... <laughs> Grandma, come Tuesday. I go back Tuesday. Grandma still sound a mess. Baby got not everywhere, all over the place. I'm just like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I, I, t- you, I'm gonna send her to school. Well, yeah, and I, I don't even feel like going to pick up. T- you know, because Grandma, she goes in there for like an hour and a half. So Grandma has to be on guard. She can't. Maybe she can go to Costco or something, and then come back and pick up my baby, and then take her to my father's house, and I'll pick her up from my father's house. So now everybody's exposed to the bubonic play. So I'm looking at this little girl, and I'll let her, you know, I'm running a potty goal with her, so in order to get her, juice her up about sitting on the potty, well, not juice her up, but in order to get her motivated to sit on the pot, the toilet, I'll let her use my phone and play a particular app on my phone. She phone, 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 hey, hey, no phone, no, no, no phone for you. Not all of them, no phone for you. Grandma's in the kitchen barking like, like, I got to get out of here. So when I got home, I texted my um, black supervisor and I said, I know you're doing an overlap on Thursday, but I just don't think this is going to work with the the little girl. She seems sick, but nobody's pulling her out. She doesn't need to be in school. And the supervisor already knows how uh, the mom does it. Because my black supervisor said the mom didn't even want the baby. So that's how she uh, perceived her as somebody that didn't even want this baby. And um, she doesn't care for her the same. So my supervisor said, look, is it safe enough for me to go in there on Thursday? I said, I wouldn't go in there. I wouldn't want you to go in there. It's not safe for anybody to be in there. Really, it's not even safe for her to be at school. But I don't want y'all sweating me for canceling no sessions, so I'm just letting you know I'm not going to be able to make it, and I don't think she should go either. So I sent the email to scheduling to let them know that the little girl appears to be sick. The whole family appears to be sick. So then they're going to send a little note to my supervisor. <laughs> Did you check with the parents to see? <laughs> and she's like, not only did I check with the parent, I told the parent that session is canceled until she gets a doctor clearance, period. So they haven't removed the none of any of that the appointments from my um they haven't removed her off my schedule as it like they should have. It's still there. I don't care if I haven't been there since Tuesday. Um <laughs> I just think it's so careless that the parent is such a bully that you just don't want to tend to your responsibility. So you'll just force the sick vessel on the other people so you don't have to deal with it. And um, so I don't know what's going on now. I I don't know if she's still sitting in school or not, but I'm not in there. And I don't even know how they're going to get a doctor's clearance because the little girl doesn't go into the facility because she'll lose her mind. She has to go to the drive-thru. 
and get vaccines and things like that. So um, I'll uh, mute my call and let someone else uh, speak. Oh, and I updated, <laughs> I completed my resume, and um, I'm looking for another job because this, this job is dangerous. I, this, how, how careless. I mean, come on. If she's sick, just stay your butt. Mom has 200 or so hours of vacation time she could use. They forced her to use that dog on vacation time because she's running away from that baby. So, um Dangerous job, dangerous job. And, and Gus, they're pushing the vaccine now. So they're just pushing it like drugs, pushing it. They push it. They're pushing this vaccine. And I had a meeting, but I'm supposed to be at work, so I couldn't attend. But I could see the comments. How they're like, we strongly suggest that you get vaccinated and upload your stuff in uh, whatever the pay portal is. And I'm just strongly scrolling because I'm strongly not getting it. But then if you go in schools and daycares, you have to be vaccinated. But I'm, I'm just looking for another gig, and I, I, I won't be. Yeah. So I'm muting my line, and thanks for listening to me ramble. Hmm. Much obliged, uh, Bay Area mom. Like, that job is dangerous. I mean, wow. <laughs> do, do they have a protocol? Like, since you have to go in people's residence, do they have a, a protocol? Like, if you get there and like, whoa, looks like someone here might be symptomatic. Like, are you supposed to turn around and run? Are you supposed to call your supervisor and report what you see? Like, what's, have they told you? Like, this is what you do if it seems like someone has symptoms that seems like it could be COVID related. There's a health check that we do after the session. When I'm converting the session, that's where the health check comes in. Now, when we first had the pandemic, we would do this prior to starting session, but now it's afterwards. So there is a spot if this person is coughing, but the way it's worded, it, it it's worded so tricky, you would have to contact your supervisor and hope that they, you know, that they can assist you. Um, you are you are allowed to cancel if you feel it's not safe or whatever, but they act as if you're doing it on purpose. And if the parent feels uh, you're singling them out, they'll contest it. So it just depends on the situation. But since I have the super supervisor, she she's more supportive, so she's just right on it. Right on. That... That's why I've said repeatedly kind of throughout this, uh, you have to, we have to be the ones that are really, uh, taking the reins about our personal safety because, uh, this system of white supremacy is inherently unsafe and especially in work type environments. I mean, they just sometimes show flagrant disregard for employees, safety and well-being. So, you really have, I mean, that is black self-respect at its highest. Like, whoa, coughing. What's, are you okay? Matter of fact, let me get out. It, it, like, I've got a roll. Like this is totally unacceptable. Cause I, even in my opinion, it should be like the family initiating like, whoa, we're not doing well. Don't know if it's, you know, related to this COVID thing or not, but we certainly have some symptoms. Uh, maybe, you know, stay back for a little bit until we're doing better and have been tested. Like 
just looking out for everybody's safety, making sure we're not what they call it a vector for contagion. Dangerous, dangerous job where and I mean, even without all of this, you know, danger to your personal safety, like, man, this is not even something where you're going to be allowed to help uh, the family and help these people like you don't have uh, resources and assistance from your other employees and then the family is like, I mean, you can work with them to a certain degree, but just like, man, when, when you're not even in a position where, yes, I'm going to be empowered and have the resources to go in here and really try to do some impactful work with these families, that's not even allowed off the rip. So, yeah, no need to stick in a dangerous environment where there's no growth path for your career. Um, stay safe, man. Priority, safety, safety, like... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would have been sprinting out of the house like, my gosh, what in the world? Like. Uh, uh, and then she said, too, they're press, pressing the uh, vaccine as well that, you know, got to be vaccinated, got to be vaccinated. I think that's the case for a lot of uh, academic uh, type settings, classroom or other settings where people are working with uh, children big time promoting that folks be uh, vaccinated. I'm not, I know they've, they've said police officers, firefighters, I'd have to double check to see if they're getting the same type of uh, resistance from teachers where they're also saying they don't want to be vaccinated. But we'll see. Uh, let me give out the number game. 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate other folks if you have uh, thoughts suggestions on what's been shared thus far your own situation feel free to chime in I feel like we talked a lot about uh, children uh, on the broadcast man very important having a code especially for attempted parents Uh, other folks dialed in if you have comments here to share proceed folks are taking a moment to get their thoughts together uh we should be here tomorrow uh compensatory call in dial in 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific we will review what's gone down the last seven days we'll certainly have more information on hurricane ida i didn't have casualties uh in the northeast uh with the flooding up in the new york area i was stunned um yeah that was not at least for me that was not uh not expected but we will catch up on the information and one of the same things that I just said Monday Hurricane Katrina they had white people who didn't even live in the Louisiana Mississippi Gulf Coast region came all the way down exclusively for the opportunity to kill and terrorize black people same thing happened this time we'll discuss that tomorrow 9pm Eastern 6pm Pacific uh, let's see. Email is untiljustice at gmail dot com. Until g uh, untiljustice at gmail dot com. Uh, feel free to write in if you have thoughts, uh, responses to anything that we've heard uh, thus far. Uh, we can read your commentary. Uh, keep it anonymous. Uh, again, now if we have any folks in our listening audience 
if you're in a work environment where nothing has changed, it's, it's pretty much, you know, if you had gone to sleep June 18, 2020 and didn't wake up until today, things wouldn't look that much different. If we have some people who exist in a work environment like that, I would be fascinated. Give us some details. Are they not taking it serious? <laughs> like what in the world? If that's not the case, yeah, I hope people are, are being mindful about changes in the workplace policy and procedure updates for sure. If you can download them and read them at home or if they actually give you a physical copy, great. Read it at your leisure uh, at home, but be very mindful. Ask questions again a lot of times just been my experience a lot of times those forms are not like as clear as they should be make sure that you have unambiguous understanding let's see uh, uh, and make sure I did not neglect any of the there were so many different reports talking about shortages they even from Washington State where I am all the way to Illinois they were talking about it's supposed to be the beginning of the school year after uh, so-called Labor Day. Numerous school uh, school divisions talking about they do not have enough drivers and sometimes even other employees to like actively start the school year. Uh, I think in Illinois, they were saying it was like a myriad of reasons. They had furloughed drivers and they had older drivers who retired for some of the nonsense that we've been hearing. Like we've got all this craziness and vaccine mandates and then people don't want to wear a mask and you got to fight about all that. And, you know, you, they, I guess, had a lot of older workers who just said, forget all that. Cash me out. Totally understandable. But that cut away a section. I think the same thing with the folks who got unemployment benefits during the midst of all this and said, you know what? I think I might want to do something other than drive the bus. I'm cool. Cash me out. <laughs> like that happened. I even saw one shout to Dr. Wellson because she talked about this too, where apparently in Illinois, much like Washington state, they have recreational cannabis. They said that some of the drivers, I guess, sitting around during all this stress have been consuming cannabis. were like, Oh, even though recreational cannabis is legal in Illinois, the company that hires for the bus drivers, they test for cannabis so I guess some of the folks said you know what I would rather sit at home and consume legally than sober up and drive this bus amid all this, amidst all this madness I'm cool cash me out so for a myriad of reasons not enough drivers uh, they were saying some folks it was like a two hour wait to get to school because they were trying to and 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 they said uh, they had to ask students to sit three to a seat for some of the buses because they had so few drivers that this was their compensation package. And I was like, wait a minute, three to a seat. That doesn't sound like distancing. Crazy all the way through crazy, crazy, crazy. 2021 continues lots of, and that would be another one. Like whoo, it's so much to consider. If you have offspring, like imagine that now I got to send my child to school on this bus, sitting three people to a seat. crazy times man 2021 uh the number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate other folks thoughts observations they want to make sure they get in Yeah, 
Caller in Florida. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to the guest, the host, the listeners and callers. I would also like to uh, say that I am uh, glad that uh, the victim in uh, that usually calls from Louisiana is safe. Ari, uh, I believe. Um, I wanted to start out with uh, I was checking the website, right, for the county, um, and I noticed that it was two links. Now, it's it's a link that says additional links, um, and one is to the U.S. Department of Justice, like the actual website, right? So... Um, I found that interesting, and it's a link to the EEOC, but especially the Department of Justice. Um, but that reminded me uh, about the, how the language is used, about because on the EEOC they have like these updates of different cases in uh, labor all over the uh, area called the United States. And I noticed that it was a one down here in Florida, um, far uh, south, at an Applebee's. And they use the uh, LGBTQ and all the letters and everything. But it seemed like from the description in the paragraph that it was mistreatment and harassment based on the uh, the victim's uh, racial classification, but they but like how we've been noticing that it'll be the conflation where they'll either have they'll start with listing black and then they'll say as well as the sexual orientation and. Uh, other types of descriptions, or it'll be black last in the description. So I just found it interesting, even on that website, how sometimes they'll list it, but then on another report, they'll. I remember reading that they they had uh, uh, they said that white people were victims of racism. It looked like that's what the report was saying, I guess, out of this particular report, a homeowner in Arizona or something like that, um, which the black person had to be hired for the most part by a white person. And they said that it was two uh, uh, white women, two or three white women in some kind of a group uh, complaint. That's the word that was used against the, the uh, I think the term was homeowner, that they were using to make it seem like the black person was practicing racism against the two white people. So um, I've been checking the, uh, the updates on that um, website, but I just wanted to start out with those links 
being put on the website. Like I've never seen that. The Department of Justice. So they usually investigate different entities, I guess, the different different uh, businesses. Uh, my next one is um, there was an email that went out from the supervisor uh, about people working remotely, working at home. And this is also new to me because what was said in the email was that uh, if a staff member that works in the office is working at home, that person's computer, I guess, or, you know, the workstation or whatever can't be utilized for some reason. Now, this has never been mentioned as far as I know before. Uh, but the example in the email that was used was a black person. Uh, and it's the black person that's been going through some things in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I do think that it's some kind of, uh, I, 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 I guess I could say I feel that or I sense that it's some kind of a uh, setup or some kind of way to sabotage her uh, because the white woman, the warden, gave out black person's phone number to her for her husband to call and start some drama. All right, so I think, I'm just going to be honest, that they just been trying to find a way to get rid of her uh, so they don't have to keep bringing her back, sending her back to archives, bringing her back from archives. They just want to be done with it, right? So I'm thinking that's a way for them to watch her or something because she's had to um, get her child from the daycare because they repeatedly have to close down and there's been issues with that. So I just think that they just trying to um, go into surveillance on it. Uh, and that's what I, that's what I wanted to mention on that for now. Um, my next one is uh, as far as the COVID-19, there was a white woman that was upset about it, about some of the click games coming in there sick. And the, uh, one of the top people, the white woman, the war, um, she allowed them to come in there and work through a lot of, you know, a lot of the day. And she was asked to come in to um, do the cashiering as a backup. So apparently she ended up contracting it, I believe, last week, COVID-19. So she hasn't been back in a while. Uh, and I'm hearing that she's extremely upset with the white people that, uh, help bring it in there. So that's been another thing that's been going on in the same department. A black female had to go pick up uh, her youngest son from an elementary school because of an outbreak or the child being exposed. So I guess they have some kind of situation where they're setting up a laptop for her to work remotely. Um, 
So uh, that situation is going on. Um, there was a customer that came in, and it was for a, a DCF case. Um, I had helped him out, and uh, so as I was finishing up with them, they were talking about their courtroom experience and a particular person, I guess, wasn't being very nice to them. So as they were walking off, uh, they said, I know the male, the, the white guy, he was saying, oh, except for that one lady or something like that. Yeah, that one lady. And uh, he said, you shouldn't even ask her nothing. The only thing that I'll say to her is, where's the nearest tree, right? So I thought in my mind, nah, why would somebody say something like that? Like, we're in the state of Florida now, you know, not, you know, just saying in terms of lynchings and things like that. I know that can be in many different areas, but for him to say that just so confidently, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, uh, write that down and shut out one. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't think that I had anything else except for actually one more thing. Um, there was, and Gus, I know you mentioned the the uh, the social media hijinks. Um, there is one I wanted to to read by one of the um, racists white women in, in the uh, clique. Uh, it says, I don't like making plans for the day because then the word premeditated gets thrown around the courtroom and it has the uh, Heath Ledger Joker character on the image. So um, I wanted to share that one and that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Kevin S. Dutton's book, The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Matter of fact, I was looking at a book this week for uh, the book club, A Generation of Sociopaths, Bruce Cannon Gibney. And it has, uh, it looks like a person, and they've got the devil horns and uh, the devil tail on them. Sounds like some of the folks... uh, down at the courthouse I think one of them even put an image of themselves up like that my true self and didn't didn't one of them do that they posted an image on social media and they said uh, my true self and it was an image of Satan did that happen or am I making things up yes sir yeah I I still have that um, that screenshot and this is actually that same white woman Uh, and there was a, a second white woman that replied and said like I feel this, or I agree with this. I feel this in my soul, or something like that. Uh, yeah, that 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 definitely did happen. And he said it's the same white woman, so that means she, at one point uh, in the not too distant past, post comparing herself to Satan, and comes back around. I don't. I don't like to talk too much about planning. You know, you get to 
accusing you of premeditated, you know, O.J. Simpson type thing. I'm like, what? You work at the courthouse. Why are you, you know, joking about killing some <laughs> like premeditated murder? Like those are the type. Now, one I've just said consistently workplace that is so inappropriate anywhere like we worked at jack-in-the-box anywhere that is so inappropriate much less at the courthouse where we're supposed to be about justice and i'm joking about killing somebody in this date and time it's for all the violence and gun violence and everything else why is that then i come back to just workplace culture i mean is this is this promoting a safe work environment now i know this is on social media but i mean it's amongst the work members and just be, now, do I want to eat muffins? You posted that you're Satan, then you don't want to be accused of premeditated murders and such. Oh, and by the way, I I brought in my famous zucchini bread. Why don't you have three slices? Were you in your true self then, with your devil horns out in the kitchen baking? <laughs> like I'm cool. I'm cool on all that. Monitor the social media. You might learn way more about your coworkers than just, you know, whatever, uh, I guess, workplace casual niceties they exchange normally. Like, wow, all the reminders you need about being codified, watching what you say, not eating anything in the workplace. All that conflation. Uh, we said they had the links to uh, the Justice Department and EEOC, and it doesn't come. They had a report this week about hate crimes. They were talking about black people not LGBTQ and intersex and any other groups. It was black people being terrorized. This was the FBI justice department there, you know, same thing. No, 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 no. They got the case with the LGBTQ people at Applebee's. Mm-hmm. Black people all the way at the bottom, back of the bus, bottom of the boat consistent that's not by accident um the surveillance uh especially if they you know if it seems like they might want to get rid of you for some reason uh were they giving out your home number and all kinds of things like man that might even i mean that certainly i think would qualify for some unjust networking if it's yeah we're gonna keep tabs on such and such yeah, this is her number, and this is where she works at, and ring, 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 all the like. Wow, that is uh, is this for constructive purposes? Like, really? <laughs> like, are we trying to help this person out? Are we trying to see that they solve problems and improve here in the workplace, or is this for something dastardly? Especially, they're coming out with the new protocols. You can work from home. Uh, and uh, they're saying, I guess, if you if you work from home, that we're not supposed to be working from this person's station. Uh, I have no idea if it's the other way around. Uh, I don't know if this is this person would normally work in this specific spot that they're assigned. And if they're working from home, are people coming in and snooping in that area? Are they trying to find something or do something uh, in a space where this person who's not here normally would work? That's another uh, key reason no leaving things. This is not my property. I'm not going to act like this is my area. This is my private stage, my private station, so I can have things stashed here or photographs of my family or anything. Uh, eh. 
no idea. I end up working from home and who's rifling through all of my stuff and trying to see what passwords I left on the computer. Like, no, behave. None of this property is mine because it's not. So I'm going to use it as though I'm just a guest. It's not my computer. I'm going to use it like it's not my computer and never forget that. Uh, Let's see. Now, white people getting sick on the job. That's something I would pay attention to. Um, If it's click members getting sick because they're being sloppy about the protocol. I think he said last week, like people were coming in and it was like, whoa, what if some of these people coming in are positive and they're, you know, sniffling and touching things and everything? Like, is this safe? Like, oh, I'll just wipe it down. All right. Like, if it's that sort of, you know, cavalier attitude is widespread and then people are getting sick, much less uh, customers. These are people are actually getting sick that work here. And as opposed to up, oh, let me quarantine, go home for 10 days or whatever it is and look out for the greater good. Nah, 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 nah. I'm coming in. I don't have PTO or whatever it is. So I'm going to come in and work anyway. I don't want to, you know, miss out on my nickels. So I, I'll jeopardize everybody else's health and come in. Incidentally, that's another way you become a vector and just have everybody uh, end up getting sick. And this white woman gets sick like, man, what the? I do not blame her. I would be upset as well. That, that's why I was saying, like, work environments where it seems like, are they taking this seriously? Are they, you know, just kind of, hey, whatever. You get you get sick, just, you know, wash your hands a couple extra times and come on in. Like, uh, how are they, you know? How are they enforcing whatever the policy and procedure is? Does it look like they have a policy and procedure to take all this serious? Or is it just business the way it was in 2019? I'd be very interested to see, you know, when uh, some of the click members, some of the white people who got ill, uh, when they start filtering back to work, if things change, uh, if people end up quitting, like, uh, and this is Florida. This is one of the spots I think I just saw this week. They imposed like, a $5,000 fine if a business, if you ask someone about their vaccination status uh, in the state of Florida, like Ron DeSantis is putting it down. Uh, let's see. Next, he has the fellows. Oh, man, I don't like, you know, such and such. Incidentally, that seems like gossiping. I might be totally ignorant, but I mean, that seems like it's probably gossiping. If you're just sitting around in a workplace talking to somebody else about people you don't like in the workplace. That sounds like gossiping to me. Anywho, so the gossip entails, I don't like her. Boy, I can't tell you how much I don't like her. And man, she gets on my nerves and ring, ring, ring. She was right here. The only thing I could ask her, where is the nearest tree? Now, again, we're at the courthouse. Why do all these folks who work at the courthouse, why are they talking in homicidal terms all the time? And, and ostensibly, maybe it seems sometimes killing black people specifically. Why would that be? They were going to shank uh, our caller here not that long ago. Why all this homicide and violence? None of this is appropriate for the work, but any workplace, much less a courthouse. And where is the nearest tree? Can you be ignorant <laughs> about racism and make a comment like that? It's a lot of different ways you can kill somebody if that's what we're talking about. Gun range. What is it? Challenge you to a duel. She was here. Hey, grab that glove and smack her upside the head. I challenge you to a duel. I hate your guts. Let's go get it on. Nah, nah, nah. Where's the nearest tree? 
Hmm. In Florida, no. <laughs> the state of the Florida cracker got the picture of my phone for the monument. Why would that be? Where is the nearest tree? You got a lyncher in 2021? Like, really? They don't even do state executions uh, by hanging anymore. You got a lyncher? They don't even lynch females that often. You want to lynch a female, a black female? In front of the courthouse, maybe? Like, whoa. What time? Sometimes it's good to get reminders about the people that you work with. Again, why am I not eating zucchini? Oh, yeah, he was talking about lynching the black female. <laughs> like, I'm good. Oh, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that you brought in a donut. Mm-hmm. I'm totally good. Thank you. White people cannot be ignorant about racism. Wow. I can't even imagine. I guess that's a thought exercise for listeners. I can't imagine being in a workplace under any circumstances. And I'm just talking like bragging kind of in front of other people. Like he walked by (laughs) our caller here, walked by side. I mean, it didn't seem like they were trying to stop it. Well, wait a minute. Let him pass. I don't want him to overhear. He likes to take notes and things. Oh, justice. uh, Interested in justice, fella. Didn't seem like they did that. They're just talking loud out in the open. I would never, even when I was like super ignorant about white supremacy, racism, even then I wasn't that ignorant to think I could just casually talk about killing someone here out in public and eh, no big deal. What are you going to eat for lunch? Oh, great. Turkey sandwich. Okay. <laughs> like What? What does it mean to be white? You can brag about lynching black people in 2021 in the workplace and still get a raise. Let's see. Uh, Might be coming to the book club. A generation of sociopaths. How the baby boomers betrayed America. Bruce Cannon Gibney. Uh, We already read Wisdom of Psychopaths. Seems like it would be similar. Uh, Much obliged caller in Florida. Man. Uh, The number again, 720 Seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, see if folks have other thoughts to share. Do not wait till the last moment. Uh, we have max twenty minutes left. If folks are just spectating feel like they don't have any other comments then we can wrap up early but at minimum 20 minutes left to go 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND maximum 20 minutes left make sure I get it correct maximum 20 minutes left we'll see if folks are just spectating uh, if we'll wrap up early or not again we'll be here tomorrow compensatory call in 9pm Eastern 6pm Pacific uh, we'll review what has gone down over the last seven days or so. Man, busy end uh, to the summer of 2021. Uh, busy and hectic. Safety to all the folks in California. I don't know if any of the folks who called in today are in the uh, region of the fires. I don't think so. But safety to the folks in the California area. At minimum, I hope your air quality has not been adversely impacted. Uh, I know that was the case up here in Washington State uh, quite a bit where we didn't have fires that were in the Seattle area per se, 
but the air quality took a major hit. That's been like an annual uh, summer rites of passage, uh, like the last four, five summers. There's been some sort of major wildfire in the area, and it's just been smoky and gray and charred air for <laughs> the end of, of every summer uh, now. That's... <sighs> Talk about chain revolution, I said earlier. Talk about some of the these are changes without improvement. Caller at seven six nine two seven six nine two should be with us as well. Hello, can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi, this is Dee's mom again. Uh, I wanted, I was calling in response to what the person in Florida was talking about, about the female at his um, workplace who seems to be being harassed or, I guess, surveilled because of her childcare situation. I had similar things happen at my old office job where um, the hours of my job were really not conducive to properly being able pick up and drop off my child, and I often had um, child care that was, I guess, inconsistent, and I would often get, um, I don't know, mistreated or surveilled on as if I was lying about the child care, like, as if I was using my child to get out of work early or something like that, um, to the point where, like, specific questions about you know, where I was picking my child up at, how long it took me to get my child was being asked of me. And so I, I find it really interesting that that's also happening to this uh, person, and I, I'm not surprised. I also wanted to comment on something that I've been thinking about or dealing with, I guess, as someone who's self-employed, is that very often when you're self-employed, you know, as an artist, I have to submit deadlines um, for art contests or um, open calls, and it's been very consistently that I do not get paid um, at the time that I'm told I'm going to get paid, and it's often like, oh, we're having an issue with accounting. Oh, we sent the check. Did you not get it to your house? And it's like, no, I never received it. And, oh, you have to submit these tax forms over again, and I've been dealing with that with a certain... um, open call that I just, um, I, I finished the artwork for that open call in March and I, and I got accepted for it and I still have not been paid for it in September and I've been going back and forth with this person. So, um, unfortunately from open calls, you can't really find a contract. So it's really just up to that person. And unfortunately now they have my intellectual property so it's just something to think about when you're self-employed that really you shouldn't probably get involved in anything that doesn't require a contract. Agreed. Agreed. We said that for years for people who are self-employed, that that does not mean your days of workplace racism are done. Not hardly. Uh, it will just, you know, change how you experience the workplace racism and hopefully give you more options uh, for how you can neutralize and minimize these problems. Uh, but, yeah, I would. Uh, I've seen for a number of folks who 
in the gig economy or self-employed doing if it's art or entertainment, other types of things, um, trying to figure out different things that work so that they're not getting left, not compensated at all. I know some people kind of switch to models where they're getting at least some of their compensation up front that type of thing we're switching uh like z's mom just said hey i don't do gigs unless there's a contract that we you know we nip all this in the bud immediately um but try to do things to protect yourself especially if it's going to be involving your intellectual property i mean that's the worst of the worst like to not get paid and they get your hard-earned product as well like geez um but i mean that's just hey the 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 treachery is boundless in a system of white supremacy racism so apps and that just <clears throat> goes in with protecting yourself we talked about that in a lot of different contexts today that would be another aspect um protect yourself at all times uh and making sure that you wage that we talked about at the beginning of the program they don't even want to play the uh mail carriers you got to go out in, in all bad weather and everything else and dogs hounding you and and all the rest of it and you're stealing from me so absolutely do all that you can to protect yourself get your nickels <clears throat> And figuring out what you can do, uh, whether it's art, whatever your chosen field, uh, to make sure you get all the nickels you are supposed to get. Do not leave one penny uh, on the table. Man, that is uh, the And then wasting all that time. Well, not wasting, but you have to invest all that time and energy doing phone contacts and mail and all the rest. It has to go to court. That's just more time and energy, more time and energy, more time and energy. Jeez. Um, hopefully that will resolved in your favor uh, Z, uh, Z's mom and then for again other folks listening in do as much as you can to protect yourself if you are an entrepreneur and or if you just you work at the post office do as much as you can to protect your hard earned wages stealing them before you even get them uh, let's see uh, other folks any of the other folks with a hand up or folks who are on the line other comments they want to make sure they get in before we wrap up comments, suggestions, observations. See if folks are all satisfied for their Friday evening. Check in maybe once more. Uh, we should be here uh, tomorrow again. Compensatory call in. Makes sense of uh, a wild week. I guess I can give my PSA again. Food is so important. Uh, that comes up so frequently. Not just because I'm vegan, although you know, I'm sure that has an influence. But I mean, even if I wasn't, if I was eating bad food, then it would just be uh, important for Gus as well. Because <clears throat> eating all of that trash and everything, you just don't think as well. Your body doesn't function as well when you are malnourished. Uh, even your brain, uh, Irie was just saying that your brain computer doesn't work as well. You're eating Funyuns and Cheetos and Popeye's chicken and all this nonsense. Uh, your brain computer is not even going to be as efficient. When you don't feel efficient, you certainly don't have efficient thinking. And as I keep saying, impacts the health and well-being of your children. If you've not conceived yet, for sure. Once you have conceived, oh my goodness. You can talk all day long about blueberries and bananas and drinking water and raspberries and kale and strawberries and spinach and squash and pumpkin and all the rest of it. Mealtime comes and you're busting out Jack in the Box, Cheetos, Oreo cookies. 
that's what they're going to eat. Really do as best you can to model high quality, nutritious eating. I'm eating to live for a hundred years. That's the way you should be thinking. I'm not eating because man, these Funyuns are amazing. Not eating because man, I love Cheetos. I'm eating so that I can be here for a hundred years. Replacing white supremacy with justice to get that problem solved permanently as soon as possible. It might require me to live to a hundred. I can't do that if I'm eating junk food and trash and whatever they got in vending machines and soda pop. That's not going to do it. I need to be here till a hundred with high vitality. Brain computer rolling. Mr. Fuller, great model. Dr. Welsing, great model. Not like you haven't seen this. Uh, Diane Richardson, she just passed away in her 90s. She was in SNCC. Lots of great models. Eat well. Take care of yourself. You do not want to be eating nonsense and junk food. You know, in fact, you don't even want to get started on that. Be on the right track from the beginning. Bang. Be here using my time and energy to get this problem solved and modeling fantastic nutritious eating for my offspring or for my grandchildren or for my cousins or for my nieces or nephews or retired firefighter in the DCS program the little children that I hang out with in the neighborhood for the little bit of time that I get them per week per month whatever it is for that little window they see a black person who is eating I intend to be here for 100 years full of pep vigor and vitality to solve the problem. I'm on my cosmic assignment and I eat that way every time. Caller at 5640. Commentary. Last four digits, 5640. Jeff, commentary. Just listening in. Hello? Yes, ma'am. We can hear you. Hi. Um, I was just going to say um, I agree with what Gus was saying about uh, eating healthily, um, but I just have a, a health tip for those that are trying to wean themselves from, you know, the fatty foods and the chips, etc. Um, if you, like, have, let's say, a fried chicken meal or something like that, uh, that has high cholesterol in it, um, one trick that I have used in the past um, is to drink a lot of grape juice because that that dark uh, uh, purple color or even uh, the dark reddish colored of foods like even like pomegranate juice will help to flush your arteries out so that your arteries don't develop, you know, the plaque uh, along the walls. So that's just one trick that I've used in the past to you know, clear my system of, of the food, you know, really bad junk foods that I had eaten before, uh, before I started eating more healthy foods. So, thanks. Yes, ma'am. I uh, spoke with uh, Dr. Niana Rasayan uh, just earlier this week, and he was saying the same thing uh, in terms of eating uh, blueberries, uh, any really of the dark berry beets, blueberries, cherries, black, they have blackberries everywhere here in Seattle. I have to 
do some uh, research to figure out why they had, that is. But I mean, they are all over the place. Like if you live in the Seattle area, it should be mandatory that you have like at least two or three like killer blackberry recipes. Like I have a killer blackberry smoothie recipe and blackberry cobbler recipe, blackberry pie recipe. Like, I mean, you could easily stumble into, oh, I got a pound of blackberries. All right, go make whatever uh, for the day. Like, but that would be another one like fresh, healthy, dark Berries are amazing, full of antioxidants, good for your immune system and overall health. Um, just fruits and veggies. That is so pat. In fact, wait till tomorrow. Compensatory call. And I was listening to it as we were getting ready to go live today. They have a segment on George Washington Carver. Uh, and they were talking about all the things that he did with the peanut in addition to his many other creations. Dr. Welsing talked about him all the time. Uh, but one, they had him speaking. I'd never heard him speak. That was one. Two, they had an enormous list of all of these things that George Washington Carver, plant-based foods that he made with freaking peanuts. Like he had uh, peanut liver, fake liver. He had peanut fake burgers. He had peanut. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> like, do what? Uh, like he had peanut butter and all the other like fake items that they have now that are really expensive and all over Whole Foods. Like apparently George Washington Carver had lots of these like a hundred years ago based from peanuts. I was absolutely stunned. Like, uh, man, George Washington Carver. And then they uh, ridiculed. In fact, hearing him, he said so many things that reminded me of Mr. Fuller. It was Stunning. Anyway, but that'll be tomorrow uh, for the uh, compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Even Mr. Carver talking about eating well, plant based diet, apparently, but eating well. Live like you need to be here for 100 years to solve this problem. Might be the case. Uh, Everybody satisfied? We'll assume folks are satisfied for the day. Uh, We will be here 9 p.m. compensatory call in tomorrow. Much obliged for everyone's participation. Hope it was worthy of your Friday evening. Uh, Sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. We will need high functioning brain computers to solve this problem. In addition to being sober, if you're going to be out and about, be very alert right now. If someone is being loud and hostile, this is not the time to verbally confront strangers. Uh, If you didn't leave your residence prepared to kill and or die, exit. You have no idea if this rowdy person in public is armed. You have no idea if this person has an entire cadre of armed homies who are ready to kill. Lots of hazards out there in 2021. I wouldn't get into any arguments or discussions about those masks or vaccines either. That's your personal decision. I would not uh, chat. I wouldn't talk about my status, nor would I ask anybody else about their status unless you all are, you know, cool like that, have a rapport, that sort of thing. And I definitely, definitely would not talk about any of that in your work environment. 
If you're going out and you're driving, you're not on the cell phone. We're trying to do the small things that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers. And you need your attention. We all do so we can be alert to what's happening around us. Dangerous, dangerous times. With that, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately eat as though your children are watching every fork spoon that goes into your mouth because frequently they are your plate that should be evidence of your dedication to replacing white supremacy with justice Cheetos Popeye's chicken is not going to get us to universal woman, universal man. Cow signing up. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Yeah.